All right, tonight, the Grumpa has finally popped into the virtual bar. Great to follow on Twitter if you're not on that, uh, that app. Obviously, this is where I find a lot of people that I talk to, but specifically this young man, uh, he's a good one to follow. And I know his name is Grumpa. You probably can search it and find it, but that's not what your actual at is. What is your actual at? Is it well, actual at is terrible. Is it um, it's, it's bad. It's T H three V zero T four R Y. Is that your call sign? Oh, what that is. No, I mean, it's, it's, um, it was supposed to be the, there was like this time when I was, um, I was just like a troll on Twitter. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm still a troll on Twitter. Yeah, I shouldn't, not, not much like, has changed. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, man, like, um, yeah, I was like, uh, just a gun rights troll. And so I think it was the votary because I was saying that like, I was like avowed to like the constitution and a lot's changed, right? Like, so, um, but, but yeah, man, like that, that was what it was. It was the votary. And there was like this whole like hacker elite speak nerdry that I was into. And I thought that was like really cool. There's a lot of regrets now. <laughs> obviously it's obviously it's not very cool. And it makes, it makes trying to get people like they're like oh yeah what's your at like I'm like i don't know so at least it's a barrier to followers which eventually <laughs> turned out to be kind of a pain in the ass you know All it's right, like so more trouble a, than it's worth yeah so there's already a few ways i can i can take it before i do that obviously this is fueled by america's native spirit it's what gives me the power to uh, interview individuals like yourself so tonight i selected specifically old granddad 114 because like i just told him it kind of you know I, i'm i can't remember the guy's name on there i don't know if it's I should have looked this up. But anyway, it looks, it's an old granddad. And it kind of looks like a grandpa, right? So uh, it's made by Jim Beam. Like a lot of people think Jim Beam is only made, that all they do, that, that they make a lot of really good stuff. And this is one of them. And usually 20, when 20 I, anywhere you find it. So yeah, when I imbibed, I think they made my favorite. Don't was they do uh, Basil Hayden? They do. Basil Hayden, yeah. yeah. That's not him though. I think yeah. this is, that's, because Basil Hayden's like no. belt buckle is what's on the, the thing that wraps around. I don't know if this is him or not. It might be. But no, that stuff's good. I don't think it's a few different new ones since you've stopped drinking. I know. They have a Basil Hayden posted. They have a dark rye. They got all kinds of Caribbean dark rye. They got all kinds of Two stuff. by two. Two by two is my jam. What was that? Two by two is part of why I got sober. Two that? by two is like they have a, it's a blend between two ryes. Ah, two oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So and that's why you got like, sober? Was it just that good or you just that bad? Drank a lot of that shit. Yeah. A lot of that stuff. Like, yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah I didn't mention. So so Grumpa is sober and he's drinking a what is it you have right there? The Estrella Galicia. I don't know who makes it or where it's from. I'll be honest. Girlfriend got this. This is like it looks Mexican. So do you mm. ever do you drink any out. of those NA beers that are actually like 0.5? I do now. I used to not. Like I used to be like a 0.0. Yeah. Like I was like the straight edge kind of nerd about it. And then somebody like brought up a fact. Like there's a whole thing like when you, you get sober, yeah. you know, like um, if you're an alcoholic, like you have these, they actually talk about it. You have these, these pathways cut into your brain. Like they can actually see them. Like a forensic examiner, like when you're laying on the slab dead, they can cut your brain open and they can see if you're an alcoholic. Because, like, there's nerves, yeah, there's, like, nerves and pathways that apparently, like, are present 
Um, and so what they tell you when you get sober is they're like, can't drink again, never drink again. Don't touch alcohol again. You know, it, it, it excites these par- portions of the brain that you don't want to excite. Anyway, it, some of this shit is probably bullshit. I'm not a forensic examiner. Don't f- try to fact check me. That's just what they told me to get me sober. It was probably a lie. <laughs> um, but they, um, but yeah, so they said not to do it. And so like I was on a 0.0, I wouldn't touch any of the NA stuff. Um, and then like, I, I was talking to some old hat and he was like, if you eat like an orange, that's like kind of got like a, like a tough peel, like it's a little beyond ripe. Yeah. It has more alcohol than the NA beer that you're worried about. They feel like, there's alcohol? yeah, they're like, they're like, yeah, they're like, it's, it's fermented enough that like, you're not going to worry It's like, it's a little extra. Okay. So well, I'll do, I'll do all of them now. Mostly. Well, because I, I still was under the impression that there was no such thing as 0.0 until I met Brink and he would, he wouldn't order anything unless it was actually 0.0 and he found it. Probably, yeah, it's probably my fault. Like I'm probably the one that told him to stay away from it and oh, I haven't told him, I haven't updated him. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what's weird. So, all right, this is going to probably sound really stupid. Okay. But you spent time in Afghanistan and Iraq as well, but um the, when i was in afghanistan in 2013-14 we would have poker nights on friday all right because I, I wasn't you know kicking doors down like you i was hanging out poker night too okay i was hanging out doing staff life with like the division chief of contracting and he was like our main poker player but he always would host the events inside the dfac at nkc and we would go hard on like what is it like the Cronenberg NA or whatever the no that's mm-hmm. French Cronenberg's French whatever the ger, there's a German NA but it's like Carl's something and I'm not gonna lie dude this may Carlsberg sound, yeah this may sound really stupid but after like eight months of not drinking and having like a six pack of those you mm-hmm. almost kind of convince yourself that it's like poker night with the boys and you're really drinking Bro, I've, I gave a kid in high school one time just straight up margarita mix. He was drunk <laughs> off his ass. Like, <laughs> like, That's like those dollar on the I think there's a placebo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think there's placebo at play there. But, I mean, maybe. I drink a lot of NA beers, and I, I don't feel drunk. So why do you drink them? Is it because you, you don't want to completely cut that part out? or you, you, Because, I mean, for the most part, beer doesn't really taste that good. I don't know. I disagree. I disagree. Yeah. Cause I like, I like beer. Um, yeah, I just miss it. Like I do miss it. Like I don't miss, I don't miss the drinking, like being drunk part as much anymore, but I miss, um, I miss like the taste, like cold beer is good. Like if you're outside, you're chilling out with people, there's something about like, I don't know. And maybe it's nostalgia floating down a river with a bottle of bourbon. You don't want to do that. That's, no, but I, and I mean, but that's tape bourbon's the one thing they haven't been able to do. I've yeah. got, I've got a fake, I've got a fake tequila in there. I've got fake gin. I got like candy cigarettes, like for <laughs> days for fake alcohol. But I don't have, I don't have like any. They can't do bourbon. They can't get it right. Well, Trevor tried it. to talk me into trying this with him. Like he's like, hey, you know, mm-hmm. would, would you try this with me? I was like, absolutely not, because I don't. And I've seen them. I haven't tried them. You've tried one? Yeah. Like the fake thing. Tried them. It t- what does it taste like? Uh, it tastes like uh, 
so the problem is is they try to do the burning taste like you know the burn <clears throat> the alcohol has they try to replicate it but they use like peppercorn oh. and like it's like it's like they put like it's like a it's like capsaicin it's not the same burning feel and so for something like a margarita like the fake margarita stuff that i've got like this tequila and mix it with some like trader joe's habanero limeade and stuff and i'm like this tastes like a straight up margarita um because the pepper is supposed to be there and the burning is still there and it like so you, know, you can almost right. convince yourself but the bourbon i mean god help you if you try to do it neat oh it's not good it's just not good it's just not good there's nothing that's going to replace it. i've just i've had to accept it it's casualty of war yeah and then that's so you know i i've I've experimented with this before and then I really kind of like, all right, it's not really a hypothesis anymore. It's kind of, it's kind of a bourbon law that the last time I was at like the Napa distillery about a year ago and he called this way of tasting it like uh, whiskey yoga, right? So what creates the burn is essentially like you mixing your own, the air in your mouth with the alcohol as you drink it and that creates the burn. But if you blow out, and then mm-hmm. slowly sip, you won't get a burn on anything. And I've done that enough. True. Every proof that I don't like, and I mean, the burn doesn't bother me, but I can see what you're saying. Like you can't really replicate that. Every alcohol. Yeah. Right? So if you're trying to do it chemically, it's probably gonna taste awful. And it's not really a burn you really want. Cause you do have the Kentucky hug. No, right? I mean, it's like the slow feeling as it goes down. Right. But yeah, you can't really replace that. No. What about the flavor? No, it is. Is it awful? Or is it? It's not good. No, it's not good. It's not, it's not the same. I mean, I think they try to like, I think they try to soak it in old casks or something. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. It's not, it just doesn't do it. It's okay. Like I said, like, yeah, give this shit up. So what happens? Let this be a lesson to all the kids here, you know, like don't abuse shit because then you'll overdo it and you won't ever give it again. Well, there we go. All right. So that's going to wrap it up tonight. Though. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had to end on a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I, I did some homework. I know you've done a few of these podcasts over the last couple of months, maybe the last year or whatever. And I, I, I don't want to rehash them on. I don't expect people to, to know them. But if they want to hear more of you, you can just search Grumpa on any podcast site and you'll find something. All right. Or you'll find these other appearances. But I did realize after I was making all these notes there's really something I kind of wanted to talk more with you about at some point via Twitter. And we just never did. And I remember I texted you about it and you're like, okay, well then don't. And I was just like, ah, he's got me in that moment. Cause one of the cool things about grandpa is he's not just like, it has to be this way or it's not like, depending on your views, like you'll, you play a good contrarian role on times. Mm-hmm. Sometimes maybe I think just to kind of make people fact check themselves. Right. But there was one thing that you still kind of you seem pretty serious on. And that's I don't know if it's necessarily the word invasion, but maybe you want to absorb Mexico. I want to invade Mexico. You want to invade. All right. Good. Okay. Why? Um, So, I mean, a lot of our problems with Mexico is because of Mexico just being so bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually just finished a book that right. um, talks about, like, the, the narco state. You know, it, it covered um, the company or Los Zetas and talked about how they came from, like, the Gulf cartel and 
um, the Sinaloan cartel and, you know, how they influence elections, how Mexico's politics has been so bad, you know, they're coming off a one party system. Um, But yeah, I mean, I grew up in Texas and I like Mexicans. I just do. Well, I love Mexicans. I'm like, like, I do want a border. Um, But yeah, I mean, until, I mean, look, we can do our best at the border, but until like that country as a functioning government that takes like a, that operates in the interests of the people versus the cartels. Um, they're never gonna never gonna make it. Now, there's a fatal flaw. There's many fatal fatal flaws to my plan. Like I get it. I can totally get it. Um, Let's but, start. Who's gonna command this war? Yeah, I mean I don't. See, I get retirement. Hey, let's just send the 82nd and do everything. You probably could. However, we have a whole bunch of other issues above that level, right? And that's oh, yeah. And then yeah, I mean, independent. That's an independent thing. Yeah, I mean, I I like to solve one problem at a time. So like <laughs> one of the problems, one of the problems with Twitter is that like you'll say something like, "We need to invade Mexico," and people will be like, "You know, the army's bitch made now, and nobody can do a." you know, a single pull-up or whatever. And you're like, okay, that's a different problem. I agree. That is a problem. You focus on that problem. I'm talking about Mexico over here. You talk about how nobody can do a pull-up. Leg tuck. You know, leg tuck. That's what it is. That's leg tuck. But, but I know, I mean, yeah, there's, there's that problem. Um, but yeah, I mean, we waste a lot of money, you know, in wars abroad, much further off for people who, you know, are never truly going to help us. Whereas like Mexicans are like right next door. You know, if we're going to be overthrowing governments for the benefit of people, we should maybe stick to our hemisphere. Okay. That's a good point. Okay. So that's fair, right? Stick to the hemisphere. I like that. Should we do Canada next? I mean, what do we get? (laughs) So like Mexico's Mexico's full of oil. Yeah. Mexico's full of oil and good food. And attractive women, food, and women. yeah, they've got they've got a lot of things I think are useful. Um, what are the Canadians? I mean, they don't even occupy their own country. Like, have you ever seen a map of the population distribution of Canada? It's no, embarrassing. I, no, I, I, I yeah, this needs there. to go in the this needs yeah. to go in the show notes because like you can see like there's just this narrow band of population in Canada, and it's just hugging the United States, like as tight as they can get it. They don't want anything to do with their own country because it's cold as shit and there's nothing up there. It's yeah. fucking trees and polar bears. Vancouver's nice and Montreal sometimes. I mean, but don't, don't, don't those cities, like, I mean, look, man, people are going to make fun of me probably here too, but like, I don't think they're that far away from the US. Like, they really don't venture away from the United States. They talk all kinds of shit, but I mean, they are within a rock's throw of America, pretty much every Canadian. <laughs> That's true. I'm not kidding. Alaskans live further away from the United States. That is a great point. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's a reason we have Alaska. I got it. But so California, in my opinion, is nothing. Well, Mexico, it's it's like an extension of California, right? Like if you look at the terrain, kind of how it looks, better weather probably since you don't have the northern part. But I've seen enough narcos, right? I've seen all of them. So I'm basically a (laughs) expert, right? Dude, yeah. no, like honestly, Mexico, like the reason I never wanted to go to Mexico, I remember there was like a graduation trip after high school. It's like, oh, let's go to Cabo or something. I don't, like I'm when it comes to tourism, I don't want to do the tourist things. Like if I'm going to go see a country, I want to see the actual country. 
And I'm not mm-hmm. gonna lie, the main reason I haven't gone to Mexico is I am a fucking afraid. That's smart. Like, no, but that's part of the problem, right? Like, let's, right, yeah. let's make Mexico, let's bring peace to that place. <laughs> Because it does like, an absolutely beautiful country once you get off the, like, you know, what I mean, it's it looks it looks like California. Yeah, well, I mean, and it's it's actually geographically down. like yeah, it's pretty diverse. You know, people imagine it's just like northern yeah. Arizona, but like I mean, they got jungles and shit. Like the biggest pyramid in the world. Like got a lot of cool stuff going on in Mexico. You can't see any of it though. You get your head cut off. Yeah, it's not oh, I don't want like yeah. blonde hair, blue eyes. I don't want my head chopped. Off. Right. We issue. could go to Afghanistan right now. Me and you could get on a plane, go to Afghanistan, walk around, probably be all right. I don't be honest, man. I don't know about I the old white part. You, baby, you've got some dark features. I stand out, man. That's I definitely I everyone that I can <laughs> about the Middle East and how I would love to go back. However, mm-hmm. most of the parts I can't really feel comfortable going because I don't really look like anyone other than. The guy with blonde hair and light eyes. You're, you're a little Nordic for Afghanistan. But you know, <laughs> it's a beautiful like, country as well, though. Yeah, it's, I mean, but that's what I'm saying. I, I don't know. I still think I'm just talking about it. like maybe maybe Afghanistan is not totally safe. It's still safer. <laughs> it's safer than Mexico. Yeah, I mean, we could fly in the Kabul and walk around like Tim Kennedy and hand out 511 tactical stickers, right? I mean, we could do that. Yeah, we could do that. I don't want to, but I'm, I'm, I actually enjoyed my time in Afghanistan. I don't know about you. You probably did a much better. Oh, I hated Afghanistan. Right. That's okay. So, I loved Iraq. I hated Afghanistan. Yeah. So that's a point. Okay. I, we're not going to solve Mexico, but I do remember you saying that. Why was your, I think the way you even, you said a little bit of this to your, to your son, right? Like you've, uh, you like in trouble for this. Did you? I mean, sort of because like my son, like my son asks questions that like, times that aren't appropriate you know <laughs> and so like and he and yeah and he likes that he likes to ask me things like do you like this country do you not like this country and so like he's asked me about you know somebody like i think his mother told him that i was in iraq and then i was in afghanistan and so kind of got into that region for a little bit and for a while he's like do you do you like afghanistan i was like no he's like do you like iraq and i was like yeah i like that iraq and he says um do you like Pakistan? I was like, hell no. You know what I mean, like, I hate fucking Pakistan worse than I hate Afghanistan. And so one day we're in an Uber, like we're in DC or something. Ah, where all the drivers come from that area. And this dude, yeah, this dude's like talking, and um, you know, my son he can't help himself. It's like, you know, does he was he speaking in English? Because the guy had like a thick accent. And the guy was like, Yeah, actually, I speak like six languages. And so like me and a girlfriend are like, you know, we're trying to make my son culturally literate, or, you know, making small talk. And and um he's like, Yeah, I'm from he's he's like, I'm from Pakistan. And my son's like, Dad, you hate Pakistan. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Just like I was in the back, like uh, um, <laughs> it was rough. But yeah, I mean, I didn't like Afghanistan. I just didn't. I didn't. It felt it was the most foreign place I've ever been. And I was younger, didn't appreciate it. Um, plus, like, did you, go there I just, did you go there before Iraq? I went there before Iraq. I okay. went there in, like, 2005. And I was only there. So, <clears throat> point out, I was only there for, like, six months. So, the first elections for Afghanistan were in 2005. Wow. And so, my uh, battalion got, like, a very short notice deployment to just go cover them. And so we had to build our own fob and made in char and it sucked. I was in Advon for that. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get a shower for 28 days. 
Like I was in fucking S. I was yeah. I was in fucking S two as you can see behind me. Um, I was not a happy guy. I was not like I was not living my infantry dream in Afghanistan. I was falling around a THT, you know, trying to keep them from getting in trouble, trying to keep the girl on there from sleeping with everybody in the battalion. Like it was, it's not my favorite deployment. Like it was, it was not that much fun. And then yeah, I mean because I was th- I was working with THT like, um, and that's uh, tactical human team for people. Yeah, um, that's the one. I and know. so I was. <laughs> yeah and so I was just, acronyms, i'm like oh i don't know that one i'm gonna shut up yeah 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 so like i was in so like it's a long story i got in s2 like i was in s2 and i wanted to get out of the wire like i didn't like being a pogue and so we got a tht and they were just woefully under uh, unprepared like they didn't know how to do anything and you know the line companies you know weren't using them the right way and Anyway, so I kind of got to be like this liaison between THT and the companies, helping the LTs do all the like, so they don't have to do their Intel reports and shit. So I'd go out with them. Um, and yeah, just all the, all the folks we talked to, I mean, they didn't use THT. Like it was a lot of, um, it was kind of like how, like in Iraq, like neighborhood advisory council stuff, like NAC meetings. I don't know if you know anything, but like. It was all good idea, Ferry, like, but no one knows what to do. Yeah, it was like, we're just going to go meet yeah, this warlord and we're going to just give him some money and so yeah. he can use it as WASTA. And yep. we're just going to get really fed up with how they don't do shit and don't want to go on patrol. And none of their dudes want to show up to muster except for payday. And <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know, man. And like, it just. I just didn't dig it. And the heat was different. Like, I felt like it was just, what I don't know, for some. Or, well, not city. What what area were you in, I guess? So I was in Maiden Shar. So it was like RC East. Like, okay. we had we had a piece of Wardak, Logar, um, Gosney, Antica, oh, okay. like that whole part there. Well, that explains and it was like Pakistan either. Yeah. Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Were you the area? Yeah, I just. Did it overlap in the winter at all when you had to deal with like? No, man. I pulled out like I pulled out before the snow hit. <clears throat> like I went in. I think we went in in like um, would that be July? We went in in July, and I was out by like November or something. Like I got out early. Um, so you had the fighting season, and then you you missed the the off season, I guess, right? And there wasn't even any fighting. Like I'll be a hundred. I'll be like I'm telling you, we got um. Well, that we was you, like, huh? I mean, I guess that's because it was so, like, there was a ton of fighting, I think, initially, right after post 9-11, right? And then there was kind of yeah. like, all right, the Taliban's gone, but they're not, and they're just going to figure out when they come back. So probably, like, when you were there, I don't think things really kicked off in Afghanistan until no. we switched uniforms, right? And I, when I say switched uniforms, it's I, like, let's get rid of I the went to, That's kind of We weird. were the, yeah, we were, yeah. yeah, we were the first unit in ACUs. Like, we were the first one issued ACUs in theater and um i still don't like we had that pattern like all your pictures you have great pictures but it's like man it sucks that they're all in acus <laughs> I know, I know. the worst yeah. pattern in military history probably probably some, some dude military history with the exception of now the the south uniform and civil war i thought looked awesome but even that one it's like you're wearing gold like come on <laughs> what do we do i don't, I don't think that through <laughs> but no yeah it, like somebody roasted me really well one time on twitter it was like, like <laughs> dude like they were like dude was had like glamour shots follow around twitter <laughs> and i was like damn like 
because it's true like i got i got a lot of photos there's the whole story behind that but yeah the the afghan elections like wasn't shit um we had some companies that were like getting hit occasionally but like they would have to like they'd really have to try like they'd bait them out like we had a we had a lieutenant who would actually who was a sf enlisted man went warrant then went to ocs or green to gold or something and then went back and he couldn't go you can't go to selection as an officer or wait you can't go back to group as an officer you have to go through selection again as an officer and so like he had to go do line time and so we we ended up getting like three of these like in fact castro the guy who's like so badly wounded that everybody talks about like he was in my unit when he got wounded like in iraq later on but but yeah we had these green beanies like kicking it with us as lieutenants and this one named williams like would constantly he would go to the cops with a map and he'd be like hey we're going on a patrol like here and to here and we're going to be traveling this road we're going to be leaving in about three hours like he would tell them everything and it was so that like because it was the only way you could gen up action like, <laughs> just try like you'd, okay yeah he's just trying to get ambushed um and so <laughs> yeah there wasn't there wasn't shit i mean there really wasn't shit like you know, with slaughter presence patrol, like going around, like handing out soccer balls and radios and shit. Um, elections go. How did that go for you? Like, did I mean, did that go? I was in, a, in, were you, that's what I was saying. Did you have any like oversight of how the election process went, or was it just kind of like I oh, didn't? You're in elections. <clears throat> no, I mean, we visited like election like areas. You know, they'd have to go to like their little. I don't know, the little precinct capitals and things to vote and they get their little finger dyed and yeah. all that. But they were just they were just voting to well, we don't do that democracy here. over there doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like it's sort of like it's <laughs> it's sort of like the electoral college without all the steps. Yeah. Like you kind you of were like, like you were told if they wanted democracy, they probably would have thought of it by now. You know what I mean? Like I mean, they've been around for a while. Yeah, like if it occurred to anybody, <laughs> what are they? I mean, they met Alexander. Like, I'm pretty sure he told him about Athens. <laughs> they did. Like, he might have mentioned it. Like, hey, you know, but like, we fucked them up too, guys. So, like, we're good. It's a stupid idea. But yeah, I mean, we were there for that. I got like, I got my CIB, but like, technically didn't earn it. I'm always like on the open about it. Like, well, I think, <clears throat> I think uh, see, I, I've I've done enough rants about military awards on these. Like, they, they for the most part, 99 of them don't really mean anything. Like, I mean, of, I, get, I would have technically got my CIB later. Yeah, I mean, right. But not but I mean, like, because I mean, there are very actual cases, right? But then for the most part, a lot of these get handed out like blanket awards or, oh, well, hey, these three guys were in an area when something happened. So let's get the whole company in. And, and you know, and we've kind of reduced awards to where, like, unless it's like a silver star or above, like, yeah, it doesn't really mean anything. Like bronze stars, they're an absolute joke. And they shouldn't be. Like, my grandfather in Korea, like that's a real fucking citation, and it kind of jerks at your strings a little bit. But then I see, like when I was in Afghanistan, when my CG comes in and is like, "Hey, I know we're like two months into a nine month rotation, but forty percent are getting bronze stars, and the rest are getting outcomes, and it's up to you as NCICs to figure it out." Oh, by the way, awards are doing two months. It's like, all right. all right, well that makes it. It just comes stupid, right? It becomes like a fucking. It's a rank award. It's like whatever you were there for, and if you had this rank, then you got it. If the military didn't promote on it, we wouldn't have these incentives, right? Mm-hmm. Like if if they actually just promote people who could lead, and had potential rather than what it said on their records jacket, their ERB, yeah, then they wouldn't be chasing all this bullshit. But you know, 
It is what it is. Like every game is going to get players. Create a game and create players. Yeah, that's and that's why I said like <clears throat> I feel like things got really bad in Afghanistan right around like the withdrawal we did in Iraq. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Oh, it's funny. Like, remember the guy I was telling you we played poker with? Like, he was telling us stories about once the order came in to withdraw from Iraq because he was in charge of all of contracting. Like, they were taking brand new F 150s off the boat in the port in Kuwait and just running them through a shredder because they weren't going to use them. They didn't have an issue uh, to issue them to them. So they would literally, like, well, we can't send them back. We're here. So that's just mm-hmm. Like the amount couldn't of- put gas in the motherfuckers now anyway. Well, that's what I thought I was funny. Like when I just talked to Dev, like I talked to him like a year ago, and we're like bitching about gas being two fifty. And now it's like, oh shit, now it's six fifty. You know, yeah. You said yeah, you said outside your office or whatever. It's like six seventy. That's God, so dumb. That's so dumb, man. So all right, um, and okay, so you did you you, but what was it about Iraq that you? you liked over is it because of the mission was different. Like you felt like you actually did what you joined the military for. I mean, yeah, I, and I just said that you did say like, cause let's not be even in Kabul, like, all right, I know it's a huge city, but it doesn't look like Baghdad. Right. Oh, it's that was the most depressing place I've probably ever been. <clears throat> I've never seen any people as poor as like I did in Kabul. Like it is depressed, depressingly poor. Like those, Hillside shanty towns, yeah. shit, like yeah, and just the just the the banal cruelty that Afghanis have for each other. I mean, just the, I mean, look, the only place I've ever been where people just disregard poor people like that, or San Francisco, <laughs> New York City, you know what I mean? Like only only in a place like that would you just like just step over a man die, like. And yeah. Just not even think about it. Kabul was rough. I didn't. Yeah, I just like the. I didn't like the moon dirt. Moon dirt was a big part of my life for that six months. Like we, you know, I didn't have a shower. Also, didn't have a place to sleep. I didn't get to sleep in a vehicle until the second week. We finally got enough vehicles there, and I could sleep, um, in the vehicle. And that's not very comfortable, but at least was shelter from the moon dirt. Like I had moon dirt everywhere. I hated it. Like I was just, I mean, in like kind of moon dirt that like only people who've been there know, like the, the talcum powder, you step in big puddles of moon dirt almost, like in the air bubbles up, like actual air bubbles around your foot, like but see, that's moon how, dirt like that. I felt that was all around the surrounding Baghdad airport was nothing but moon dirt. So like when I, I mean, was maybe yeah. this is probably where they faked the moon landing right here. Like that's what yeah. I thought. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I again, like, I didn't get it. I didn't. In fact, my I had two Iraq deployments. Technically, really, they were just one long deployment, and we can talk about that maybe later. But you know, my two deployments were mud, like mud and canals, and Baghdad, like Baghdad proper, like Baghdad city, <clears throat> Baghdad. Um, and so, yeah, just the just uh it wasn't the same wasn't as much suffering in the train and iraqis are actually like despite what people think iraqis are actually a fairly civilized people somewhat right like whereas like the afghanis i mean they were i felt like i was talking to comanche that just had cell phones i mean they were just ruthless people like just but I, I don't know i just didn't get them 
I didn't understand them. I didn't feel like I was talking to somebody that was being honest with me. I didn't think they gave a shit. Like until I was, if I wasn't bringing money, they didn't care. All they had is problems. But so let, why do you think that is though? Like for a, for a, a culture that's been around for so long, like a, a people that have been around for so long, they've seen so much. Why, why do you think they've never moved past that mentality, especially towards their fellow man that's there? I don't know. You, you can't. It's just too remote. I mean, it's just remote. Like that was the other thing is like the there's there's no way to even create infrastructure there. Like there's to, especially with, you know, with them working on it, you know, like you've got the one ring road. Right. You know, but that's and, what yeah, I mean, how they not thought of like, you know, they don't want it. No, they've, they've met Alexander like they haven't. It's not like they've not been exposed to some. Just don't want it. That's so this is don't want it. Like I mean, I don't know. I don't. Sometimes I don't blame them. Like they don't yeah, have. No, that's true. Like I think you said something about that earlier this week, where it's like, wow, we're starting yeah, to get that We have man. more and more in common with the Afghan goat herder than we do like some of the people in our own country, right? Because you just want to be left alone. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to be. Yeah, I've given up on the you're going to be left alone thing. Like they're not going to leave anybody alone. But yeah, I just like there's. There's something to be said about like they kind of there's some different problems right like they take it too far like too far like, and then we go to Iraq right so I think you bring up a good point because I remember my first well I was only in Iraq once and I was 03 to 04 but I was there 16 fucking months spicy time though it, yeah well it got spicy right because you know invasion was one thing but then we kind of didn't really do much for a few months and then I remember like I was on the third. You weren't in the invasion. You were at the tail end of the invasion. Yeah, I was at the tail. I wasn't doing any of the fucking. Oh, invasion. okay. That's what I meant by spicy. Yeah, no. The I've always been jealous of the invasion guys because when I ended up in like my battalion, like they were. In fact, the day I showed up was the day before they got back from leave from being in the invasion. When they all came back, like shit house rats, like they were fucking crazy. I got thrown out of a second story window in a black fucking <laughs> fart sack. I'm not kidding. Like fucking threw me out of a second story window in a sleeping bag. Like <laughs> that sounds like I drove to our school where uh, guys threw uh, uh, one of the instructors out of a two story window after a mount training site. That's fun. But they were rangers. Put a hair in your chest. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because so you know, like secured Iraq or secured Baghdad, right? And then I remember mm -hmm. like, the end of April, early May. I was on the third like R and R flight where it was still like a big deal. You you fly back in the BWI into Baltimore and everyone's acting like you just won the fucking Super Bowl, right? Right. Yeah. I was flying back through. I was leaving out of Orlando on November third, and on November second, one of the soldiers in my unit was on a helicopter that got shot down over Baghdad. And I was like, wait a minute, what the? F the why are we having helicopter shot? I thought this whole shit was. Right. And that's kind of like. From that moment on, like the insurgency was on, and that all ties back into my hatred for Paul Bremer because it was all his fucking fault. So fuck that guy. Uh, I'm going to give a little bit of credit to my alma mater for the insurgency. In fact, yeah, if you read that book, Fiasco, I can't remember who wrote it, but it's the one about the Iraq War. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> they attribute the start of the insurgency to the day that Charlie Company, First Battalion, 325th Airborne Infantry Regiment, decided to go cyclic on a school. Um, a protest at school about uh, gas or something. And somebody spotted a gun and 
yeah, I mean, they lit the they lit the crowd up, and it was no es bueno. Was that before or after Paul Bremer was like, yeah, I know we have 400,000 Iraqi soldiers here, but we don't need you. You guys are no longer allowed to play Army or ever participate in the country going forward. Yeah, I mean, that was a bad move. Yeah, I think it was, like, concurrent with that. Like, yeah, um, yeah when they, they shut out the Bathists. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's just shut off two-thirds of the country. Seems like a good idea. And the only part that knows how to control any of the administrative functions. Exactly. Right? Like, the only, the only yeah. class of people who actually – know how things work like yeah no i mean the whole thing was a fiasco i mean yeah it was and and that's why like i said you know you know well-intended promises of being home before christmas in 03 turning into four extensions because shit just got out of control like that's kind of how things went but what year did you show up for the party i went to iraq for the first time in 2006 or summertime again i think it was same month same i think it was july again so like my unit so so in between all right so we got back from afghanistan i think it would be like what like seven eight months later um i was like on my way out i was gonna go back to swick um and i was kind of like not feeling it and they had um because i was an e5 I had a CIV I didn't earn, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, like some rockets flew over my fob. And so I was like, man, I can't go to group and tell everybody I got the CIV. <laughs> <this bullshit." clears throat> and I'd gotten out of S2. I'd went to the line company and they said, uh, like my, my buddy, um, from that was still in S2, he was the actual Intel guy. Yeah. And he came and he was like, it's like, don't, don't go. I was like, why? And he's like, bro, we got a mission. Like, we got a cool mission. And so we were the first, we were the first regular army infantry battalion to be pulled by JSOC to do the torch mission set, which was it sounds cooler than it really is. But <laughs> the best way, the best way to describe it is we were to stir the battle space. So what would happen is, is like units would be in bad spots, you know, like they'd get kind of bogged down, couldn't get out. You know, they'd know, um, the insurgents would know to ID the shit out of all the roads, you know, slow them down, bog them down, not let them out, just beat them back into their fobs. And so what we would do is, is we'd do, um, air assault in, we'd camp out for three or four days, just raising a ruckus, just pissing everybody off. And what would happen is, is the SIGINT off of that would, like, it'd, it'd churn the SIGINT. And then all the special rainbow units affiliated with the very special boys would just come in and just murder these guys. And so it was super effective. I mean, um, we got a, um, I think, a Valorous unit citation. We did a lot of work. It so like it was a fun. Famous version of your LT up in or Afghanistan, it would tell everybody you were coming. It was like that. Yeah. A little more glamorous. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they would, they would give us some like tier two kind of targets like the first night. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we'd come in and we'd hit those places hard and fast. And then after that, we would just like slow roll through villages. Just, I mean, just pissing people off, just starting shit, you know, intentionally. And these weren't like, these weren't the parts of our, I mean, this was the triangle of death or whatever. Like yeah. this was the Yusufia area of operations. Like, um, 
so yeah, I mean, we did that for a while. And so, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to go back to SWIC. I did that and uh, ended up getting like a red cross message. And so I went back early. I went back two weeks before everybody else. Um, I had to bury my grandfather. And so we did that. I was on rear D, you know, playing like Xbox 360 or whatever. The dudes came back, you know, like I was with the FRG, like hanging up sides, like left long boys. Like, <laughs> um, and uh, it was at that moment that uh, they called the surge. And yeah. so big army was like, where the fuck you been? And we were like, oh man, we just did this cool thing for, you know, JSOC. Like we're so cool now. I'm like, fuck you, man, go get a haircut and uh, see you in Baghdad. And so like nine days after we got back, like the signs at Green Ramp over at Pope were still up, like, welcome home. And people were like loading back on, on birds. Camp was like, when you really go back, like, I know you joke about it now, right? And it is something to kind of like, the only people who experience crazy shit like that will, will find humor in that. But if like, someone's literally just a layman reading this, like, how could you literally do that to these fuck? Like, they weren't doing it to like... Mm-hmm. Dudes were just hanging out, not doing shit. Like these, were, these were you guys were the ones actually doing all the fucking fighting. And they're like, "Yeah, I know you just been back for I don't know nine days or whatever you said, but yeah, you got to go back." Like seriously, that what strategy? Where does that make any sort of fucking sense? And that's what I think you talked about this, right? Like you, you may have talked about it with Hush. It's just like the army may say it's about the soldiers first, but it's really it's not. not. It's all mission all the time, no matter. How well, they know. I mean, they are. They famously say mission first. I don't agree with that principle. Right. Like, no, I because don't, I, in my experience, there's a fucking mission tomorrow. Oh, right, there's a mission exactly. a week from now. There's always another mission. To me, yeah. it's the people first. Like, yeah. You know. But, but yeah, I mean, they give a shit. Like, what, like, like, what is the, what's the army motto? Like, Joe's getting over. Fuck Joe. Like, right? Like, <laughs> like fuck Joe. Like that dude. What's he done for me today? Yeah. Like, I don't care about them. And I remember, like, I mean, people were butthurt. We had dudes going AWOL. A kid run off the of camera course. and shit, which people try to kill themselves. Like, I mean, try to kill themselves. They weren't really trying to kill themselves. But going to mental health, I mean, and they had, re- I mean, some of them had reasons anyway, but, like, they were definitely, like, it exacerbated a lot of issues. Like, <clears throat> there was yeah, a famous speech. Dudes, dudes can't get pregnant. Never mind. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I said it. So you didn't have anyway. Yeah, I was like, hey, that's maybe it. <laughs> enjoy the woke patrol um <laughs> they uh yeah i mean we had this like famous speech by our company commander i love this guy i mean everybody talks shit about west pointers like yeah i had a fucking badass company commander he was my company commander both tours of iraq or the single tour whatever we want to call it i mean he was yeah. he's fucking great he's a little aggressive well even for my taste a little aggressive <laughs> little nuts but um he had this like famous speech when we got because we were at taji which if anybody's ever been to Taji is the, it might be the grossest place I've ever, besides sleeping, I would rather go back and sleep in the moon dirt than me and Taji. They had us in like a literal, like landfill, like wasteland of like tank parts. And I mean, it was awful. Like you, yeah, you could like dig a hole like six inches and it'd fill with like oil, like used motor oil. It was just gross. Like, the whole fucking thing was gross. They had dead birds in our ceiling and shit. Like they had, they had these, like, they weren't even barracks. Like they were these like open air barns and because of the surge, they weren't prepared for it. And I guess like, yeah. (laughs) And I guess like what they were thinking is, is like, shit, we, you know, we got to use these like, Oh, we got those buildings over there. We'll just, you know, we'll put some, 
<laughs> put some bunk beds in there. We'll call it a barracks. And like, I guess like two days before we got there, they were like, somebody finally went to look at these barracks and it was like a, a roost for like hundreds of pigeons and shit. And so instead of being, instead of being like, Oh, we got to call this off. They're like, we're just going to murder the pigeons. So it's just like fumigated the fucking pigeons, but didn't like, didn't move them or anything. Like just left the whole, the whole, like whatever, like I wouldn't call it an attic, but like the whole space above yeah. Yeah, just full of dead birds and shit. Like, dudes were getting sick, didn't know why. Like, um, and yeah, like, everybody's like morales in the shitter, and like, company commander pulls everybody out. And like, I loved the speech because it was like just like the perfect infantry captain speech. And he's just like, like, take a look over there. And like, and like, you know, everybody's like, and he's like, no, fucking look over there. It's so, like everybody turn. And he's like, like, look down at your feet. And he's like, everybody looks and he's like, that shit over there, that's an Iraq. Your feet, your feet are in Iraq. You're in fucking Iraq. Get over it. Like, just fucking quit crying. Like, there isn't shit you're going to do about it. There isn't shit I can do about it. You know? And, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't fucking Spartacus or anything, but it, like, kind of helped because you're just like, yeah, I mean, what the fuck? Like, here we are. Like, we're just going to do it. So, I'm doing it. So, that was, like, 11 months. Uh, God, the fucking surge. Jesus. Cause I was like, well, was this, was that still 06 or 07? That was 07, January, January to November again. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> kind of went on for a while because 08, I went to drill sergeant school and 09, I was at Bennett and they took all the, the infantry dudes out or anybody who was a line guy. They took them all out and sent them to Iraq because the surge was continuously ongoing. It was like a three year surge. It was yeah. a fucking, it was an interesting time. It really was. It was, it was even more interesting when you're, you know, I don't, I don't understand. Like some, like when I go back into just that time period, I'm sure there's probably a million fucking books and white papers and all kinds of shit in there about it. But still like when you just, when you just talk to people like yourself or, or others who went through it, it's like, who was like, yeah, this is a good idea. Like, I, you know, I'm that guy. I'll, I, yeah, because I really, I mean, I look, man, I've caught so much shit, especially from the libertarians on this. Because, look, I get it. All right. Murder like, cult. Lied. Well, yeah, like they lied or whatever. And like, we're supposed to be like forever angry. Like, I get it. You know, and maybe we're all dumb. I was dumb. I'll admit it. Probably dumb now. Yeah, I was dumb as fuck. Um, I was going to get into I, that. You know, I liked, um, Again, I, I kind of believed in the mission when I first got to Iraq, especially on the surge. And I was like, these people do. I mean, I was there every day and had them telling me I wasn't it was un, it wasn't like. It was a unsolicited Iraqis would tell us, like, thank you. And for I me, mean, especially in where I was, because it was like yeah. Shia dominated. I was in Kadamiya. And so, like, they fucking hated Saddam. Saddam was a brutal dictator and they were happy as a pig and shit to have us there. And we're snitching. On even the Jay Shah Mahdi, who were their dudes, like they wanted a free and good government, just like anybody else, and they're civilized. And I mean, except for the part where they were murdering each other in the streets, but I mean, they had they had some legitimate beef. Like there's some fucking legitimate problems over there. Like sometimes, right? I mean, I'm just telling you, like you fucking abuse like oh, the majority of the population for you know yeah. 40 years. There's going to be some bad blood. Just like, let that be a message to people who might need it. 
so yeah so like it was just um i don't know man i I saw the surge and i was like and we were getting after it i mean we um my again my unit because of what we had done in the previous appointment like we got one of the special i don't know man i'm one of the little sigint teams basically that was helping us do tsts so like my unit was one of like i want to say like eight or ten in Baghdad proper who were given the TST mission profile. So it's like the time sensitive target stuff. So, you know, we had our normal, we had our own company and battalion level um, Intel. Like, you know, we had our own little fusion cell or whatever. We were doing our own hits and stuff organically because, you know, anybody that we would detain, we had 24 hours before we had to push them up the DHA. And so we had, I mean, we had our own cell and we were, I mean, we were getting after it. We were getting tip line stuff. Like, I mean, we pacified our area like, like that. And, um, but this TST thing, like, you know, we, we'd keep one unit on standby, like all night, every night. And yeah, they'd wake you up at like 2am and they'd hand you a piece of paper and have somebody's name, maybe a picture, usually not 20 meter lock where they are, what they did to get on the list who they think they are within the group and the organization and like you and you know, what other squad leaders and the PL would just create like a snap mission, just like a hasty raid. You'd go in and, you know, figure out order of movement and cordon and just do a hard hit. You'd be there. I mean, you'd be, you'd be time on target within like an hour. It was legit. It was fucking fun. Yeah, no, I can see that. But the only thing I hear as you're telling those stories. Is how many terrorists I made. <laughs> no, I mean probably, probably made way more terrorists than I put the D. Yeah, well, I mean, like that's a natural byproduct, right? Which is why I always used to say, like, it was the Iraq was supposed to be like a generational thing. Like they were supposed to over time see that hey, America's a good guy. Maybe we should try and be more like that. But I don't think it works. Yeah, they're better off now. I don't care what anybody says. They're better off now than what I, what, I guess my question is that, especially when you say you had like your own independent little fusion cell and all like when you were there, like, did you ever have because we sure as hell didn't, like, the American people sure as didn't know. Like, I didn't, we saw 20 years of this play out also in fucking Afghanistan. But was there ever, hey, here's the why. Like, this is why. This is what we're trying to achieve so we can stop doing this fucking shit and having a surge mm-hmm. fucking year. Like, mm-hmm. you need to do this. Like, is was there ever an end state that was kind of either perceived or otherwise known? Yeah. Just like, no, we're yeah. just we go home. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean. I don't know. Again, I had a good unit. I, I feel like a lot of people's experiences vary because like they were in a shit unit, shit officers, shit yeah. NCOs, you know, unmotivated motherfuckers, like just felt sorry for themselves, want to go home, eat fucking cheeseburger, fuck the wife. Like, and that's, I mean, I get the motivation to be that way, but like, you know, yeah, I mean, we had it. Like we, we you know, we were getting ID. We were like, fuck it. We're not driving around. Like we're walking. So like we walked. Like we had a rule. You couldn't drive a Vic longer than one kilometer. If you drove longer than one kilometer, you had a fucking VDO. Like you could not drive around. Like you had to get out and walk. All our shit was dismounted all 11 months. Like the only time we would go past kilometers of TSD rate. And that was just because we were going usually into some National Guard or Pogue units, AO, because they weren't handling business. And so like um, – yeah, I mean, and we were taking the IA out. I mean, and we we got legit IA somehow. I don't know how the fuck it happened, but they they like sheep dips from Pashmur 
and like this through the passion of IA uniforms. And I mean, on the, on the pantheon of um, Middle Eastern militaries, cultures, these are the ones that were not shitty. Like these guys, like, I mean, they sort of got after it. Like, like they, they still weren't good, but they weren't <laughs> terrible. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it would have been better. Like it, it could have been better, of course. Mistakes still happen, but yeah, I mean, we were collecting intelligence. We had good terps. Like we had honest terps, which is harder than finding good terps. You can find good terps, you can't find honest terps. Yeah. But we had good terps, and yeah, I mean, we were we were getting it done, and our area was super safe. Like people were able to go out and live their lives. It was not. We made a small piece of Baghdad function again. You know, like we really crushed like the the Jay Shamadi. Like we we but, put their nuts in the vice pretty hard. Well, what happened after you left? <laughs> Fucking went shit. Well, that was like, <laughs> a problem, right? Because I have I can't. I'm trying. To this remember. is a problem. There's a, one of the books I got. It's uh, something about the Tigris, but it was about like when the 101st showed up in 05. Yeah, there's a problem. Yeah, that like they yeah. fucked everything up that 03 and 04 did, right? But hey man, I mean, I got, problem, and, and I mean, I know it was kind of like a spoof, but not a spoof. But that fucking movie on Netflix about the four star in Afghanistan, like every four star that shows up had here's how it's going to really work. And like every time it, like, no, it's just my turn, and now I'm going to be the one to fix it. And then like nine months later, it's like, all right, well, it's somebody else's turn, and there's no real continuity. Right. And all that great work you said you guys did, and you probably did. I'm not discounting it. It was probably great, but someone mm-hmm. replaced you. Oh yeah, no, I'll tell you who replaced me because they turned, yeah, they turned me into ar- for arson. My very last day of Iraq. I'm not kidding. I got a ten six. I got like a full investigation. I almost got put in handcuffs on my last day in Iraq um, for arson. For arson. For arson. Shit. Were you burning oh, shit? Oh, bro. I mean, I know you. I know you like long podcasts. Like, Let's go. I haven't told. I haven't told the story. That's good. Probably, I, I mean, I got cleared. I got cleared, so I can tell the story. Um, so this tells. This also tells you about. Again, I cared about Iraqis. Um, so, again, I mean, all right, Katamia, um, west of the Tigris, um, northeast of the Green Zone. Actually, pretty chilled out place. Like huge Shia shrine there that for a long time they weren't able to visit, et cetera, et cetera. Pretty, pretty solid place. Very much Shia um, majority. Um, when we are there, we are there during the great sectarian shit, whatever they call that, right? So most of the Sunnis have left, crossed the bridge, crossed over the Tigris to Adamia. Um and um, we had a few families that were still Sunni that would just not leave. Like they were just, they weren't leaving. Um, and there were these women, we called them the Sunni women. Like that was their name for us, like colloquially. And they, um, they were a great source of intelligence. Like, let me just say, like, As we know. they were, I mean, and really yeah, think- and they had a bone to pick. Like they had a bone to pick. Like the fucking Jay Shamadi was constantly, you know, they had killed all the men in the family. Um, they had threatened them forever. What were they called? Jay? I'm sorry. 
What do you call him? Jay Sharmad? What is the? Yeah, I mean, you other people have called him just by the the acronym Jam, like Jam, the Jam. I've honestly and the J. Yeah, the J. Shad. Like, God, I can never actually say it the way it's supposed to. I say it like I've always said it, but the, <laughs> it's like J. Asha Madi, like M. A. H. D. I. I think. Um, okay. J. Sha J. Madi. I think. I do. I don't speak Arabic. No, that's cool. You know, if the Adik and Top Java Ibshi, like, I mean, the Arabic. Stop, go away. That shit's fun. Yeah. Yeah. If the Adik, if the Adik, like, put your fucking hands up, right? But what is this? The cat? About to knock over the fucking camera. Like, I thought you were going to hit me. I was like, bro. Yeah, you're good. Fucking cat. All right. So, uh, where was that? Oh, for so, the women, so they were the great source. They're like, yeah, yeah, and mm. and so you know, we were trying to protect them, trying to stay up with them, trying to like show solidarity, like, um, and, and so I'm trying to think how, what parts of this I'm actually gonna tell. I'll tell all of it. Fuck it. I'm not <laughs> even drinking, but fuck it. Yeah, exactly. Like, fuck it. Um, <laughs> so we go. So we, you know, we're doing SKT like small kill teams and stuff with them. Like we're sleeping over. I mean. Really like these chicks, cool chicks, very straight up, just tough women, you know, like, um, but in all things army, we fucked up, right? Like we're showing solidarity with them for a long time, but um, we got a new, I got a new Lieutenant and this new Lieutenant and like the shit that was going on, like we kind of lost, kind of lost that love and feeling with this, uh, with these folks and let me shut my blinds while I do this. Um, so the uh, like I'm paranoid about my neighbors and shit looking in on me. It's dark now, but um, so yeah, the uh, Sunni women. We go to visit them one day. I finally convinced this new LT. I'm like, hey, so we gotta go fucking check on these women. Like, I just got a bad feeling. So we go, um, we go there. And this is like my lieutenant's like first day, like really like on patrol, training wheels off. He's just got me as like the ground squad. Like we've got a video element with like just, you know, drivers and gunners like parked down the street. And um, we go to the Sunni women's house to visit and it's fucking empty. Like the first, the first indicator shit's gone bad is um, the whole upper floor has been like burned. Like they had lit it on fire. Like, cause you can see all the soot and stuff on the top of the windowsills. And uh, so we go in, fucking, they're all gone. They're all gone. The shit's like rat fucked. House is bad. Uh, and um, they had killed the fucking cats. Like they had cats. Like they had fucking killed the cats. I ain't even a cat fan, man. But I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, a cat fan. We go outside. It'll make me cry on this thing. Right? I don't like cats. I'm sorry, bro. Like, I'm sorry. This is a sad story in a lot of ways. So we go, um, we go outside and there's like some shit spray painted on the wall. And like, I asked my turp, I'm like, what is it saying? He's like, no one will ever live here again. And for whatever reason, I was like, I was like, you know what? So we went like to the neighbors and question them it's a good way of saying what we were doing like we were asking questions like hey what the fuck oh i didn't see shit like do a little percussive maintenance on that man's head ask a question a little bit more about um what the fuck are the ladies like oh well 
they were told to leave, you know, of course I'd tried to take up for them, but you know, I'm sorry. It's the same old shit, you know? Yeah. And so we told them, we said, you know, <clears throat> the dude, the dude I knew from that neighborhood, who's like the neighborhood leader, everything's a hierarchy over there. You yeah. know, like there's like a dude, there's a neighborhood dude. It's like Goodfellas or some shit. There's yeah. a guy, he's a neighborhood guy. And so like we took the neighborhood guy and we, uh, you know, made sure that he could see the wall up close where it said nobody will ever leave here again. Like we gave him, um, we kind of just made sure that he saw it. And we're like, what does it fucking say? And he's like, you know, in Arabic, whatever, no one will ever leave here again. We're like, that's right. This house is fucking empty. Like, don't ever let me see anybody come in or out of it. Don't let me see a light on. This house is fucking empty. Like, this is a monument to this neighborhood being fucked up. And it stayed that way. Stay that way forever. But again, wheels of time. You know, like, we're at the end of our tour. And we have a, uh, I want to say it was a National Guard combat engineers. So, like, by the time this happens, you know, we've been... Uh, almost a year and a half in country we're a little we're going a little native right like by the end of our tour we're getting the left we're doing left seat right seat rides with these dudes and they um they kind of consider our methods to be somewhat unsound you know like they're kind of like these dudes are a little wild but then again like they didn't know you know like this is their first deployment Exactly. This is like, you know, they've been drinking that good old American Kool-Aid about how war is just like, we're the good guys. And, you know, you can't fight a, can't fight a bad war, that kind of shit. And so we, um, so we got these dudes and we're doing these left seat, right seat rides. And there's this one night we take them on like a night patrol and we're crossing over this uh, overpass and it's an overpass where you can see the Sunni women. And, you know, usually I was TCN. I had other shit on my mind. I wasn't really looking into it. But because we're like in these other vics, like I'm able to like look out the windows and I'm like, there's a fucking light on in the fucking Sunni women's house. Oh. And so like I tell my LT, and now this ain't my LT's first day. Like LT's been there for a while. And I was like, sir, like, did you see that shit? He's like, I see that. And I was like, what did we fucking tell them on your first patrol? He was like, we told them that nobody will ever live there again. I was like, did you mean it? He was like, because, you know, this is an reduction of the war. It made an impression on the man. Yeah, and he was like, "Yeah, a minute." I was like, "All right, like if we get a chance, we're going back there." And so the next day, it's our last day in Iraq. Um, we are on like we had three platoons at this little cop at the uh, Mafana airfield, and um, we had three platoons and mortars. Mortars were almost always our QRF guy because they weren't going to do shit anyway. Um, and um, we. Uh, <laughs> We were on like the gate guard. We had like a tower guard. Like we were just like on guard downtime, you know, like we had to pull guard and stuff, but like we weren't the active patrol platoon. So like we're on downtime. We're not also on QRF. Um, but there's a call, like there, there was a call, like we had a, a patrol just came back or something, but there was a call, there was a kidnapping. There was a lot of this shit. And they wanted us to go investigate the kidnapping. And it just happened to be in the fucking same neighborhood or near the same. It was like the same Mahala as um, Sunni women's house. And so they were like, yeah, do you guys want to go? I was like, fuck yeah, we do. And um, so we get out there and um, the dudes are on edge. Like the boys are on edge. 
it's our last day in Iraq. Everybody wants to go home. Yeah. You know, like we were already getting a little salty. And so we had a car, like um, not paying attention, like trying to give hand and arm signals, shining green lasers, wasn't paying attention. Um, so blew the radiator out of that, like um, shot a car tire out. Um, the this dude was he was mine so like i was a squad leader at this point like i had i had a team leaders from la from lower alabama um, (laughs) yeah he he was an interesting fellow he's he's actually facing murder as we speak in alabama um but he yeah he ended up being the one like he shot the radiator out shot the tire went up to the driver punched the driver in the face grabbed his car keys and chucked them into somebody's like over somebody's wall like and so like you know we're again we're on left seat right seat rides we got these dudes like replacing us and they're just like what the fuck <laughs> and then like i had another dude that like tried to walk through the patrol you know and, and he got hit with non-lethal buckshot <laughs> and like we're just fucking we ain't having shit like everybody is already mad anyway and so we go investigate this bullshit kidnapping and you know nobody's seen anything nobody knows anything you know you just got a sad family and uh, it's time to go back. And I had intentionally called and had the video move to the same place where the SUNY women were. And so, like, they're they're locked up. And like, we we go back. And um, there's another there's an E6, like a squad leader from the um, the team that's are the squad um, the units are replacing us. There's like an E6 squad leader. I'm like, hey, bro, like, put your kids in your strikers. Mind your fucking business, like. And he's like, you know, what's going on? And, you know, we'll help you. And I was like, no, you won't help us. Like, we got a score to settle at this house. Like, we've told everybody that if they were going to live, you know, this house had to stay unoccupied, blah, blah, blah. Just don't, just don't say anything. Don't look. Don't, just mind your business. And so we put them up and we, uh, we hit this house. And I know something's fucked up right away. Like, I go in and something something's different first off it's all there's no military age males which is like your first like yeah there's a problem this? there's something's different the other thing is and i couldn't i couldn't put my i couldn't put a finger on it but like something just looked different and I, I didn't know what it was but so like we clear the whole house we you know gaggle up all these bitches and that's when we realize what it is like they all have like um they look like crusty cloud because they're wearing makeup and then it's like white girl makeup, like the wear makeup. And that's a thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you do walk around Baghdad, see women in makeup a lot. Like, they're still wearing the shakab, right. their you know, white faces. Yeah. Um, and I should say, I don't think they were in the full shakab. I think it was a hajib, like just the, the head wrap. It wasn't the full black, yeah, yeah. all the shit. Yeah. I mean, they were still covered, but yeah, they had, um, had makeup on. And so like I go to the turf and I'm like, Tony, like, what the fuck? And he was like, sir, this is a whorehouse. Knew it. <laughs> and I was like, and I, this is like, dude, I, I just, I don't know. I had like this thing in me where I was like, I remembered these Sunni chicks, you know, and like how cool they were and how they were like actually just good people. Like they weren't, they weren't even trying to be in the war. They weren't trying to have that shit. They're just trying to live. And I was like, so like you're telling me that they would rather have a whorehouse in their neighborhood than those Sunni women. And he was like, yeah. I was like, all right, I got this. 
And so I was like, tell these bitches that like they have five minutes to pack. And so like they grab all their shit, we throw them out. And I had I always carried like a HC smoke grenade, like high concentrate. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, man, I went to the bathroom of this place. Like, cause the bathroom, I mean, if you've ever been in a bathroom here, like it's like tile, cement, like there's no curtains, there's no window. Huh? Like an Eastern bathroom type? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Like shit yeah, okay. on the floor. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean, like, yeah, it's got the little ridges on the toilet on the ground. Like, um, yeah. And like they clean it with just a squeegee and water. Like, yeah, a little. Yeah, it's, it's very sanitary. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, but, but the thing to me is like, there's nothing that can catch fire. This is important. There's nothing that can catch fire in this. And so, like, yeah, I pull a pin on this HC smoke grenade, I throw it in there. Cause like these, these things can like fill them. Um, like a basketball court with thick smoke like there's a lot of smoke in it that's cool. yeah it's it's a fucking it puts out a lot of volume like and we carried them for like the sniper threat you know yeah and so like i knew they put out like a lot of smoke and so like my thinking is is like it'll smell like and look like this motherfucking thing burned out like it'll look like it and good luck getting your fuck on in a whorehouse that smells like fucking chemical smoke like at least i could at least at least I could ruin the nut for some dudes for a couple of weeks. I don't know. Not making a big impact in this war. We're set by <laughs> set my goals pretty low at this point. And so like, um, so yeah, we do that and we walk out. We just walk out, get in our trucks, drive back. War's over. Yep. Um, we're yeah, we're there like two minutes. We throw all our A bags in the trucks. I'm like, you know, we Charlie Mike all the way to Taji. And I'm back in Taji, just happy as fuck. I lived through the war. It's my last one. I was pretty certain. And it ended up being my last one, like downloading magazines, like stripping them. And uh, yeah, fucking first art came and got me. Came and got me, had my lieutenant with him. And they were like, what the? F-? He didn't snitch. He no, didn't snitch. it was, was new, one of the new guys, right? Had to be. A, P- a PFC. What? From, bro. They don't make. Even back then, they don't make privates like they used to, right? Like, when I was private, I wasn't stitching on shit. Like, I mean, you steal money out of my wallet. I'm keeping my fucking mouth shut. <laughs> like, those privates, like, were already different then. And so, yeah, like, this, what had happened is, um, as soon as we left, like, they, they waited for us to leave. And this PFC, like, went and open door policied his co- company commander. And was like, sir, I'm witnessed like war crimes today <laughs> like and he's like they he was like you know there was a there was a poor iraqi that was just driving down the road and they lit his car up and i thought they were going to kill him which i mean motherfucker we shot a lot of cars back then like because that was the v the vbit threat was the yeah, scariest exactly. one like they would they would roll the fuck up on you and blow up yeah and so we just weren't having it like you cross like you know 200 meters like you weren't you weren't responding to this like you just got it we didn't we, we didn't kill a lot of people doing it. We most shot the cars. And so, yeah, like he was like telling everybody we shot up this car and then like talked about me shooting this dude non lethal buckshot, how he didn't have it coming, which he did too. And then they got to the arson. They burned this house down. Like I saw them, like they burned it down and walked out and there was all these women outside crying, you know, these poor women. You know, like there's a lot of backstory here that's fucking necessary. And you guys have now heard it. So maybe you'll side with me. Maybe you'll say I was wrong. But 
and so yeah like they 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 took my weapon and shit like they put me like by myself like me and my lieutenant were in like deep shit my company commander is mad as fuck he liked us but he had to go and drive with like the bc or the s3 or somebody and like go and prove to them that i didn't burn this down because the part of the problem was is the guy that the company commander i guess that replaced us had went and taken pictures of this place and it went upstairs remember the part of the story where i was like they burned the upstairs yeah so it looked like so like so it looked like yeah so it looked like i did it and so like we had like and they came to me and they're like you really did burn this down we saw these pictures and i'm like wait so you never took pictures of the original ah oh you did (laughs) well because of course i have all right like we talked about the glamour shots i'm not the only one so let, let me point out i didn't take those pictures of me (laughs) <laughs> RFO, RFO was issued a digital camera, like a bitchin' digital camera back then, like really? for their standards, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. was issued one because he was our SSC um, scribe. Yeah, right? yeah, so when yeah. we were having to do unit sensitive side you got the unit scribe. It doesn't matter what you did, yeah. there was a unit scribe. Yeah. Awesome. And so, like, yeah, so we do sensitive side exploitation and stuff yeah. as a part of these TST raids, and we had to have a camera, so they had issued him one, and he just took. He's like, fuck it, man. I got a camera. I'm taking pictures of whatever the fuck I want. And so he just like, I've got, I've got, I mean, I've probably got half a gig of pictures of everybody, what we were doing. I have a very well-documented deployment, but thankfully all my fucking Joes were up there like taking cool guy photos and shit in like a bird down building, like with your guns, (laughs) like looking tough and shit. And it was date stamp. And so I was able to prove. Take I was that. able to prove that it wasn't me. Like, I didn't burn shit down. And then they found, like, I was like, if you go to the fucking bathroom, you'll find an HD smoke grenade. That's what made it look like it was burning down. That I will cop to. Like, tell me throwing a smoke grenade in this war is like a fucking war crime. And, yeah. I mean, put yeah. me put me away in Leavenworth, guys. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> and so, like, they, you know, they dropped it all. And it wasn't, it never, like, it never became a big deal. But that was how I got accused of arson on my last day in iraq <laughs> well there's no reason to write the book now i guess since we know so, all right because there, I, I you know that i i do appreciate I, like i didn't intend to talk to you about iraq for an, an hour plus but this is good oh, sure. I, people need to hear that no i because there's not enough i think there's too many guys like yourself that have these stories that they've internalized over the time that they were there and they, they never get to actually share it or the, you know what I mean? For whatever reason. And there's too many of these stories that I think when we entered into that position to where we are now, we're a little different. And I picked up on something that you said, because I feel like I was the same way. Um, what, I don't know if it was on the, the, the most recent one you did, but you, you talked about that when you joined, you were, you were pretty left wing. Yeah. Right. And then over time, especially this, you, you, you tell this amnesty international story where you kind of got into this debate with some, I don't know if he was a professor or whatever he was there. And, uh, and I feel like, I feel like we parallel in that because I mean, even in my, my, my former life, when I was into music, I, I, I wrote very specific lines about how I don't lean to the right. Cause I didn't think Bush was right. Like that was, that was a line in a, in a, in a song I wrote and I was 24, maybe at the time, 23, when I wrote mm-hmm. that. And I've, uh, over the time I've, I've changed, you know, and you as well and i don't know you're you you call it politically homeless which i i think more than ever at this point in my life outside of some of the people that we know mutually 
that we support, for the most part, I'm fucking politically homeless, right? I know what I like. I know what I want. I know what I don't like. And I know what I don't want. And that's kind of where we are. Like we're, we're fucked mm-hmm. on both sides. So yeah. what, what was it that, uh, was there anything that kind of solidified that aside from the encounter you had with the Amnesty International or like, was, is it just growing up and growing older, becoming a parent, like where you just, you, things just change where it's no longer, you're no longer responsible for just yourself. Like you've got other things to take into account with everything you do. Does that kind of factor into Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I've run it all. Like, so I was like, when I was saying I was left wing then, I was like, I was left left wing, like, Revelé for Radicals left wing. Like, Like, Antifa style today or what? I mean, but I was like, I was even less significant than they are now. I mean, I wasn't shit. Like, I didn't, I didn't really know. Like, it just seemed cool. You know what I mean? Like, my parents hated it. That was, that had a lot to do with my motivation for doing it. Um, uh yeah and then like even in the war i mean i didn't give a shit about politics like i didn't yeah, i didn't i didn't yeah i didn't just didn't care i was like i'm never gonna vote you know especially like after i i'd served or whatever i was like man i don't want to vote because i don't want to be i want to vote for somebody that starts the next war and shit kill somebody i know like yeah so i just i just stayed out of it um i can remember i used to make this joke all the time like uh you know like we'd we'd raid these houses and shit and I'd walk out and I'd be like, vote Democrat. Like, <laughs> like, and, and like, when people I mean, now more than ever, getting, that's true. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> when we'd, um, when I was getting out, like uh, people were like, what are you gonna do when you get out of the army? Like, you're never going to make it outside of the army. Like, you're not going to be shit. And I'd be like, I'm just going to smoke dope and go to Obama rallies. Like, I'm gonna, <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't want any part of this shit anymore. Um, People really thought that about you, though. Like, I don't see you putting off that vibe. Like, because, I mean, oh, you know, man. it was just a, it was like a, re- you know what I mean, I mean, I get it. It's kind of funny, but at the same time, like, it's a re up thing. Yeah. I, I, I wondered why you got out, but at the same time, I guess listening to enough of your other appearances, maybe I, I kind of get it. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know why I got out still. I don't know. I mean, I think like near like the, the arts and shit didn't help so you got a little <laughs> like little jaded at the end maybe yeah and i just saw like how the army didn't give a fuck about you you know like, mean, right? they didn't get up far enough and you start realizing the things you talk it's not really the people first thing is it's a bumper sticker it's not real yeah it's not real well and like so i was already in e6 like, by the time we got back i still had a year left like or roundabout and then i extended a year so that i could get e6 is what i should say so like yeah. extended a year to get e6 and um like i was already platoon sergeant you know i was already beans and bullets like i wasn't i wasn't doing shit like i was a weasel for like just a little bit which was a weapon squad leader it's the best job in the military like, it's fucking badass <laughs> um so like i liked being a weasel but then like i was a platoon sergeant and like I, you know i got to play pl for like two minutes while like we lost our lieutenant because he's a pussy and so um yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I just felt like I was like, this is the end of it. Like after this, it's platoon sergeant and then first sergeant and then fuck all. Like, mm-hmm. what, what would you do it for? Like, you're no longer leading troops, right? You're just like, yeah. you're running Casvac. You're like, so yeah, man. So I wasn't political though, and I got out and I actually like got like I went full Lobert, like hardcore Lobert. Like I was fucking all about. Those it. Who don't know what is a Lobert. 
a little bird is like what a libertarian doesn't want to be called, but what they are. Like, it's just this clown shoe fucking political opinion that like, I'm, you know, I'm too old for fucking hot topic, but libertarian, is <laughs> like I'll fucking, I'll That's, be that. Yeah. yeah. And so like, yeah, it's like, I don't like my parents still, but I got a job. So, you know, it's, yeah, it's a political fucking circus. Um, it's just full of just degenerates and dipshits. Think that they, you know, it's anyway. It's so I was a little bit. That's it's what libertarian. Yeah. That's what libertarians are. Like, um, I get it. Like, my heart is actually with it, but just people are too stupid. Yeah, exactly. Just like with socialism. Social socialism are socialists. Ever libertarians. Me. Libertarians are the right wing socialists. Like they believe in a better person than it ever fucking exists. Like yeah. they believe that we can just scrap all these institutions that like really do keep the veneer civilization polished. Like, you know, like you think that they don't fucking need it, but they do. And so anyway, I was a little bird. I just, you know, I wanted to smoke dope in peace. I wanted fucking guns. Like I didn't care about, you know, if, if you know, people wanted to marry each other or kill the babies or anything. Yeah. I don't, yeah. yeah I, I was fine with it. So it wasn't until like probably, I mean, honestly, I wasn't super political until I just discovered that there's an entire group of people in this nation that absolutely hate me. want to see everything I like destroyed. And that's when I was like, you know. Well, how would walk, that like uh, it's done? I mean, it was, it was right before Trump. And I'll tell you, it was actually not even before Trump. It's probably after because I didn't crazy. vote for Trump. Yeah, yeah it was recent. That's I mean. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, I was I, I liked Ron Paul when he ran like yeah. way back, but, like that was dumb as fuck. Like nobody you know, showed that problem, old dude how to. Like my problem with Ron Paul was I remember this very clearly in one of the debates, and he was like, they asked him about foreign policy, and he he said like the golden rule. Yeah, and I was like, you know, at, at right at, that's when you lose it, right? As a Lobert, as you call it, like because it is great up until a point where you get into like, okay, well, how are you get to interact with the, rest of the planet. Yeah, it sounds oh, beautiful. The golden rule. It's just like you right. see Ron Paul, like, oh, the golden rule. And it's like in his ill fitting suit and shit, looking yeah. like, yeah, looking <laughs> like, yeah, he, um, yeah, I mean, that's great. Like, you can golden rule your way until the Chinese, like, rule the fucking earth. Like, congrats. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Way to go. Like, that's, that's a lot better for everybody, I guess. Like, yeah. I golden guess. rule's ass. That's where we're at. Um, yeah, I mean, but I believe that back then. But then, you know, like I said, like I didn't vote for Trump the first time. Yeah. Um, I didn't really care back then either. Like I knew Obama sucked. I was coming around like, okay, yeah, Obama kind of sucked. Like this is shitty. What, really, what you, really, you at the first time though with Obama? Because I think you're a little younger than me. You might be, you might be more. When Obama me. got elected, I was still in the army. Yeah. Because so like, here's, because I want you to tell where you're going with this, but I just, most people don't know this. So I'm, you broke some stories. I'm going to break some shit here, right? So my first election that I, so the first election I ever voted in was 2000. I voted for Ralph Nader. <laughs> I was so influenced, right? Like I was so influenced Oof. on campus by like Oof. the, what was he? He wasn't the libertarian. What was he? Green party. Green party. I was so influenced by, because, you know, I went to some stupid fucking rally on campus just to hear it's people. And I was like, wow, this little shit. No, none at all. But this guy that really? talked like for Ralph Nader, as mm -hmm. opposed to Bush and what was it, Gore? Like Bush yeah. and Gore's people were just like, mm. and then this guy for mm -hmm. Nader was like, wow, 
ah, you know, kind of, it was like, man, I like yeah. that shit. And then 04. So he checked this out. Here's 04. I'm back from Iraq at that point. I'm super jaded. I hate Paul Brimmer. Like I'm, I mm-hmm. kind of woken up to the fact that I don't really like the fact that we're in Iraq. I hated the fact that I was there for 15 months. Bush is responsible for this shit. I joined yeah. the army because of 9-11. That was it. Dude, I literally wore a shirt to go vote in Orlando that had a picture of George Bush with a red X. And I voted for fucking John Kerry. And then I voted for Obama in 08 for the first time because I hated John McCain. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you for that. Yeah. I mean, but then from that McCain moment on, too. about 2010, mm-hmm. I am what I am now. Like I woke up. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't even like where I am now. I mean, but I've just had, I don't like, I had yeah, I had uh you know, like Trump, like Trump came along and I was like, what a fucking joke, man. Yeah, like our country is so fucked that up. Like, shit that we thought, but you're like, wait a minute, you're not supposed to be the president though. No, <laughs> and like I was just like, this dude's like on a reality show, like this shit's embarrassing. Like, I've seen Donald Trump on wrestling. Like when I was a kid, like, like that tells I played, me everything. I played a board game about Donald Trump when I was like in middle school. Like, yeah, I mean, this is like, yeah, he's in Home Alone and shit. Like, yeah, he's like, not oh, like he's not a. It's like, how did this happen? Person, like, it's just like a character. How bad did we fuck up that uh, we got Donald Trump as a president? That's how I felt at the beginning. That's all I'm saying. But then, like, he didn't really piss me off, and he wasn't doing anything like wild. And at this time, like, I had this girlfriend that I was like really into. But, like, she was, like, your typical Rollywood kind of, you know, girl. Had all these friends that were, like, uh, I don't know, man. They hated me. Yeah. They hated me, and they, they, they weren't going to tell me until Donald Trump got elected. And then it was, like, <laughs> every fucking time I'd hang out with them, it would just be about, like, how all my people are just the scum of the earth and how we hate people that we don't actually hate and we – are just like, yeah, man. And I grew up like, I, I grew up kind of white trashy a little bit, like not real bad. You know, mm-hmm. like my family did all right. Like, yeah. you know, but like I had a lot, I had like your typical whiskey tango drama, like right. growing up. And like, I was just like, damn, like, what the fuck? Like, what did I, like, I don't, I'm not running around, like, just like, you know, throwing out like, like fucking privilege, like Scrooge McDuck and shit. Like, <laughs> what the fuck did I do? Yeah. To cause you to hate me so much. And yeah, it just got worse and worse to the point now where like, I mean, the day that somebody like bugles Joe Kent across the fucking Potomac with his 13th Legion, bro, I'm fucking there. Well, I'm like, it's in that chat that you have so much participation in. I'm like, he's, yeah. he's talking about his kid. His kids want to be snipers. And they're like wearing these little ghillie suits that they've made running through this trail. And I'm like, President Joe Kent on his sixth term after he amends the constitution is winning wars with snipers that are actually his sons. It's so good. (laughs) Yeah. He's like Teddy Roosevelt. He's got his kids like out there shooting like secret service agents. Um, Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I've just like, I've just turned. I don't even think I turned right. I think I was like pushed there. And that's okay. So let me stop you right there because I think what you just said is something that we're starting to see really, really play out, not just on a macro level, but I I say it on a micro level because um, look, I'm, I I am still a registered fucking voter in the state of Florida. I just live, I've been out here in California because this is where I'm stationed. Right. But I see that I'm I'm very close to San Francisco. I spend a lot of time there because I'm a fucking San Francisco Giants fan. That city I've watched over the last few months. I mean, they're voting out city council members, school board members, left and fucking right, because yeah. they're tired of it. They're fucking fed up. 
you talk about like, hey, it's one of the few places in the world with Kabul where you step over the poor like they do in the city of San Francisco, right? Like that shit's real. You know, um, I just, I have this interaction with a Giants fan all the time and they're outside of San Francisco and they talked about, I just retweeted a bunch of this the other day, like San Francisco is, it's a beautiful city from afar until you get in it. Mm -hmm. I like taking pictures of the city away from it. Oh, I love it. it. You know what I mean? Once you get inside of it and uh, you know, there's still some very nice areas, but for the most part, like traditional neighborhoods, like Mm -hmm. bad. It's fucking bad, right? And I talk about, okay, I don't know who you want to hang this fucking problem on, but the city of San Francisco hasn't had a Republican mayor since 1964, okay? So please, please try and tell me like Donald Trump's the problem and like he's the cause of all your societal ills in this city, right? Because that's not true. And then let's go back to, let's go on the state level, right? We haven't had a real actual Republican governor. Don't tell me Arnold Schwarzenegger was Republican. He wasn't even real. Yeah. So we haven't had one of those since like, I don't know, the nineties. Okay. So this state was never that way. And I want to get your opinion on something else, but before I say that, I go back to the micro and the macro level and people shifting to the right. I feel in this country, like it's going to be slow. I got it, but it's happening here in San Francisco. It's happening in literally the most left-wing city in this fucking state or this country. It's happening. People are starting to shift and you can't blame Trump for what, the average family's going through right now. That's not Trump's fault. I mean, uh, yeah. Yes and no. I mean, I do think that stimulus was a dumb fuck move. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, he had to that do probably it. didn't he help inflation. He did in fucking 04 or yeah, 05. Bush fucked up too. Like, don't, yeah. yeah right. I mean, I'm just saying, like, this all No, I hear you though. Dumb shit. Yeah, Biden ain't helping. No. I will agree. Like, Biden is for sure. Like, he's like, let me put this fire out with a bucket of gasoline. <laughs> like, he's fucking, yeah, he's bad. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been to San Francisco, like, and it is what you talk about. I've spent a lot of time there. Actually. I spent a lot of time in California because I have a lot of clients. There. Like, I still do. Um, well, I love it out here. I just need a new government so we can make things. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's like that, man. Um, it kind of breaks your heart, too, because, yeah, it's got a lot going for it. But, fuck, it's just gross. Like it's just gross, but I, I yeah, I think everybody's kind of getting sick because we're seeing the fruits of it. Like, yeah, you know, like I, I think everybody, the comment that they make, like about like if you're not a liberal by the time you're like twenty, then you're heartless. Yeah, if you're not a conservative by the time you're like thirty-five, then you're brainless. Like, yeah, you know, like there, there's a natural ambition to want to make, you know, improve the world, make it more peaceful, make people love each other and shit. Like I get it. I, I actually admire that quality. Right. I agree. But it's it just it, it rarely interfaces well with reality. Yeah. Like it rarely like works. So I wanted to get your take on because I thought about this. I was just a couple of weeks ago. I was just by myself here for a few days, and I was just sitting there out on my porch, stroking my cats. You know, as I'm wont to do, I like to stroke mm-hmm. my cats and drink some bourbon and reflect. Right, and I was thinking like. You know, I didn't want to do this because you've done this on every podcast. You've mentioned Braxton. So you didn't do it, but I have. So now I'm, I'm going to go ahead and conjure Braxton, right? Because I think about what and who that man is and where he is, right? Where he, where he actually lives. And I think about people like him because it was people like that dude who settled the fucking West. So how did we get to a point where the hardest and the toughest people in our society made it this far settled this place 
civilized it. And now we have literally the type of government and society that is reflected now in the cities like San Francisco and LA. Like, how did that fucking happen? Like the money. You got, we got money. We got decadent. Like, no, man. Like, no, you're right. Whole... No, you say the decadent thing. That's fair, right? So, but yeah. you spoil any child. That's what you end up with. You spoil it. You know, it happens. What's true for your children is what's true for society at like large. You spoil them. You give them everything they want. You don't make anything hard on them. What do you get? You get spoiled kids. Like you get spoiled policies. You know, you get the. Uh, we don't, you know, you don't have to work. Oh, this went bad for you. We'll give that to you. Like, you know, let's put a hundred safety nets up in you. You'll never fall. Like, here's a, you know, a bubble wrapped life. Mm. That's what you'll get. Like, you get soft people. Like, they don't have to be hard. But that's not even working at this point over here because we talk about what we see when we walk around, right? So it falls like- apart. But yeah. that's the thing is like, I mean, it's the cycle, right? Like there's Enough a, people hit the net, the fucking thing starts to fray and break. Is that where we're at? Or? Yeah. I mean, there's that book. Like, I think I talked about it with um, maybe with Hush about the fourth turning. I think that's what it's called. And I want to be embarrassed. That's not the name of it. But the idea is that like everything that involves humans is like a cycle. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. It was with Hush. Yeah. yeah. And like everything's a cycle and um we're just on the decadent part of it right you know like eventually like the soft men will make hard times and then we'll, we'll we'll be bitching about something else we'll be talking about how we can't get a sandwich but everybody around us is straight gangster like i mean you gotta a lot of gun. you only, you, <laughs> yeah, you only get you only get these very narrow bands of golden ages like the rest of it's like you know it's either we decadence a, we haven't had a really we haven't had a long period right i mean again but that's that 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 just that's the that's the cause we have we've had a lot of prosperity had a lot of peace had a lot of good things happen we had peace though come on we haven't yeah. had peace we've been at we war fucking world war ii essentially pretty much non-stop we yeah we we being like one percent created a lot of these wars maybe but right. well that was but that's the joke is like no man like the joke was like the army and the marines are at war like america's at the mall like they were not they were not That's, in that yeah. war that was not a real war dude i mean i listened to braxton talking to jocko the other day and he was like so the fuck do these people have this oh man like you do this is the best podcast jocko's ever done best podcast braxton for it, sure it was five done. hours so i'm just like man where can i fit this yeah. in i'm gonna do it tomorrow because i'm off it's oh, I'm not really five, five yeah. golden hours i it's love it perfect but but yeah. yeah like but he made the comment like braxton was talking about like when he came back from the war i had the same problem i was like these motherfuckers don't know like they have no idea like everybody's smiling like oh thank you for your service like that's all they had to do is just thank people for their service that was the I, I get, entire I get four times a day out here and this is california yeah i had a dude do it to me today in a job interview <laughs> i'm like bro you were not getting the job just because you fucking thank you for your service <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, like um it's a fucking it's like a thing like they don't care they weren't at war so no we were not at war we, right. we spent money we spent money like we were at war and we sent a lot of volunteers and again i'm gonna always point out we sent volunteers yep. like, nobody got drafted into that shit nobody was at war but the people who wanted to be at war people that wanted war were at war people that didn't want war were not at war they were just paying for it yeah that's 100 true because i know 
And for those at this point, if you don't already know, because we've he's been on here enough times, but he's also I've, we've talked about it enough time. But we're talking about Braxton McCoy, so you can look him up. Um, but I think Braxton was the one who made a point about it. He may have tweeted it, or I don't even know if he said it on here, but he has a good point where it's just like, why be in the military if you're not at war? Like, what's the point? So like, I remember taking that really personally when I read it because I mean, I've been in fucking 20 years. I can't wait to get out. I'm still trying. Like, I'm really trying, like, but no, he's got a point. Like, unless you really, like, you're trying to make it a career, you like what you do, you're trying to position yourself after it, but he's got a point. Like, and that's why I asked you, like, why'd you get out? But there's a point, right? Like Braxton joined because he felt like he needed to. He wanted to be a part of what was going on, right? And that's a small town kid from fucking Idaho. Like those are the people, not so much because there's not a lot of population. Most of the people joined from, you know, your region of the country. Uh, And now they're not. So we're really seeing that. that Now we're seeing that hit when you fucking demonize that entire fucking part of the country, right? You see the the, the second and third order effects of that. The America, the America they would fight for, it doesn't exist. Exactly. Why would they join? Why would they join? Like, um, oh my God! It, it, but that's why I come all the way back. Let's let's go all the way back to Mexico. You want to fucking invade Mexico? Who's going to do it? I mean, yeah, 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 I mean, we're at this point, man. Like, hey, it's <laughs> there's a there's a lot of preparation in the troop leading procedures, right? Like, <laughs> we're gonna have to fucking. We're gonna need to fix well, some I things. I agree. Like, I agree. I mean, look, it. My invasion of Mexico is, of course, an intellectual exercise. Like, um, because I'll tell you, like, we would probably still trounce the cartels. Do you really but, think? Oh yeah. Oh come on, bro. Like they're well, not. Sure, the first fucking convoy, and they 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 execute them all on TV. Oh, that's going to happen. But look, look, dude, that's all that's going to do is drive up recruiting. Like, solve your fucking problem. You right there. Drive oh, my God. You got to interact mm-hmm. with this country, bro. Like, it's not, yeah. they're not full of. I don't know. I still think these kids exist. Not, I just think they got Crumpon and Braxton around the rock ready to go. I don't think. Cartel, I think these kids are still out there. I, I, man, I heard everybody talk shit about my generation and. <laughs> we had we had dudes getting after it like i think the problem now is the, be at of, the point where we are in that that generation that it's i don't know maybe i mean look and if that's the case then like we're just gonna have to call off the invasion of mexico if i could break my heart i guess like i mean yeah because oh you also brought up a great point right because um i think uh yeah clay martin he talked about this a couple days ago i mentioned it like you said something where it's like people are getting hurt and it's not like in when I came in the people who got hurt. Cause I went to a mixed basic training. I didn't go to fucking Fort Benning for basic training. I had females in my basic training and the females, most of them got hurt to the point where they, they, it was always pelvis or stress fractures in the femur, right? Bone yeah. density. You brought that up bone, bone density. Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing it more and more with the males and your theory was like, dude, just don't go outside and play anymore, which is true. Right. Mm-hmm. And I said to Clay, I, or I said to, to to Clay, I was like, "Man, that sounds like a national security issue, doesn't it?" Because think about it. His cousin, he just talked about, who's like my fucking cousin, who doesn't know a fucking thing about a fucking thing, went to the army, and he God just got damn. kicked out because he's got fucking stress fractures and his broken pelvis. I'm like, that's imagine. A that's a time dude. out though. Yeah, but time out. Imagine getting roasted by your uncle Clay Martin. <laughs> you what are you gonna say? Like, I mean. 
Like this poor kid, this poor kid's like, what the fuck? Like Uncle Clay, like bro, like you fucking blasted me on the fucking the will be prison. Yeah, like fucking (laughs) that dude. Like that. Damn, that's a pretty high bar. That sucks. It is. That's a high. That's a high familial bar. The family tree is pretty fucking. There's a lot of branches, but Clay Martin killed more people in COVID. Like that's a hard thing to follow. He'll actually like he's fine. He'll like because I remember asking him, "Is he the first or the second time he came on?" I was like how are you man like like seriously and that's a question for you as well like you seem pretty fucking okay and we know there's a lot of people that go through a lot of hard fucking shit yeah and you seem pretty fine like with you you seem to be at peace with what you did like your time in the army is over you, you, you lived through it sobriety helps yeah like sobriety helps like because yeah i mean the only time i get caught in my feelings um and really like it had had a big part of me getting sober was that yeah i would um i would i would have problems like um but i never really had like the pts i feel like other people had like a lot of it was like the a lot of moral injury had a lot of like hair trigger kind of shit you know like um but yeah i mean i did okay i mean clay martin's just like he's legit like you know like I bet there's you know, dudes out there. That's what I like to always say. Yeah. There's dudes out there. They're, yeah, there there are people that like it. I mean, and I, I mean, I don't I don't know the man personally. I'm not talking about him, but it, I think the war agreed with him. You know, and I I didn't I didn't have a lot of problems, man. I mean, I didn't I didn't like it, but I didn't hate it. I'm not like haunted by it. Um, I know people that have a lot of trouble, man, and my heart goes out to them because like. You know, I don't think they're being pussies about it either. Like that's been a problem. I think is yeah. like I, you know, I went and got help. Like I went, I went to a therapist for a little bit, did EMDR. I mean, because I got out of the army and lost my mom, then my sister died. Like I mean, I've had like I've had some stuff, but you know, people need to go get help. You know, if you if you are having problems, like I've said this forever, like you don't need to be drinking. Like drinking is, I mean, it's a depressant and. Yeah. You can overdo that shit, and that's the last place you should run to if you're if you got problems. But but yeah, I haven't really, I don't really have problems. I guess I don't know. I'm sure people disagree. Ex girlfriends and shit probably like, <laughs> fucking hey, you know, crazy. Ex girlfriends, that's their fault, not yours, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm sure when they're just like, so explain to me again, like, why do you have this bag that has like all this shit in it, and why do you need this, and why do you do like, I got a fucking gun right here. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna gonna lie. That's, that's a that's a great transition. I think. Um, how are you doing over there on time? Are you good? Because I mean, I'm I'm, I'm right. in an empty house. Um, oh, that's better. Because I'm just. Gonna, but yeah, now we're about to crack. Yeah, Dude, I saw you. I brought a cooler. I it, I, I hear a cooler ice. beer to this. Yeah, something else with like a little yellow label. What's going on over that there? That was an athletic brewing company. Ah. Upside Upside Don Golden, and that one is good. That Australia Galicia. That's a uh, Mosselmano. Like I'm not so into that one. Um, you know what's weird? Now, I may have mentioned this before, but you know what I would do with the stuff that you're talking about. So when I left my last deployment, if you want to call it that, <clears throat> one of the things they were looking for in 2015, it it was big, like it's real, but it was big at the time because you know soldiers were figuring out ways to get this. It was powdered alcohol. So you just mm-hmm. add, you just add liquid. Is that real? No, it's one hundred percent real. But it's I was real. Thinking, yeah, if I had some powdered alcohol, I would just 
put it in whatever, and it's flavorless. It's just powder. There's no like flavor attached to it. Hundred percent. Back in my day, back in my day, I'd have been trying to snort that shit or something. <laughs> but no, I would take whatever beer you just mentioned, and I'd be like, you know, let me dust a little. Bit. Why would you do that? Why would you just buy real beer? Like, well, I mean, no, you got to. Like, so they're doing this to ship it over into Kuwait, oh, or whatever, right? So, man, the way to do it, the way got, to do it. Not that I would know. I'm gonna tell the you the way that, to do it. I guarantee it. Go ahead, though. This is the way to do it. Is you get a six pack of clear Gatorades. Yep, and here's why. I'm, keep going, and then I'm gonna tell you how they fix this. Okay, so six pack of clear Gatorades. You'd take cap off one, fill it for him, clear. Right. All right. It so and it worked. It did work. It 100 worked. It worked in it worked in 13 and 14. But you know what? When it stopped working was 15 because you know why? The MPs take everything that's liquid that gets shipped over, and now they open all of it. Doesn't matter what it is. Soap, shampoo, your six pack of whatever, they open all of it with dogs and everything. Ask me how I know. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, also, we would just pay the fucking turps. Like, we'd just be like, hey, that's how we got shit in 03 in Iraq. Like, it yeah. was so I, I tell this story because how, how would we? Nah, I don't know if you want to talk about your age. It doesn't matter. I'm anyway, dox, I'm not going to dox my age. Yeah. All I know is you're younger than me, and that's fine. But 03, right, in Iraq, mm-hmm. I remember we would pay the, the truck drivers coming up from Kuwait, and they would bring us flavored vodka, flavored liquor, whatever. Mm-hmm. You didn't see that in the States at the time. Like, I remember mm-hmm. the very first time I had flavored alcohol was, like, July in Iraq, in Baghdad, because some Kuwaiti truck driver gave it to us, and we're drinking this shit at, like, 120-degree temperature, and it was flavored banana. Yum. I just fucking ham. And then I remember coming back in 04 and finally seeing like those companies. I think 99 Bananas was the first one I ever saw. Mm-hmm. Like the really cheap shit. And I was like, oh shit, there's like flavored liquor. Like the first time I ever really had real beer, like powerful beer, was in Iraq. It was this shit called mm-hmm. Petra. It was a beer from Egypt. And it was like 8.4% or 8.5%. I was like, what the, f- this is, because re- at the time in America, you, you really didn't get that. Like, but like, who is yeah, that? Right. Like, yeah. There was imported beers and some shit like that, but there wasn't the market. Like there wasn't the craft beer market like we have now. So, but yeah, I, I hate to say this to people, but I'm like, you know what? I'm not supposed to do it, but I really discovered alcohol in Iraq. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as a 22 year old. Like that's just what my life was. Yeah. I mean, we had it. I was like a monk. Like, um, like I mean, in Afghanistan, we had dudes smoking dope. Like, we had in Iraq, yeah, people buying it. I mean, I ain't never snitch on anybody. I don't ever snitch. Like, I knew about it. It's just catch stitching. You know, I mean, that's a famous line. I don't know, man. I always say that, like, I will, I will never write a sworn statement on a brother. Like, you will not catch me. Uh-uh. Well, I swear we went through. If I do write one, it's not going to be actual. It's not going to be factual. <laughs> All I'm going to say is, like, we followed all escalation of force, right? Like, known, likely, suspected enemy positions. You know, we did everything above board, did our best. That detainee had those marks on his face before we brought him in. Like, I don't know where he fell off. The, he must have fell off the fucking five times. I don't fucking know. Like, it happens. It's bad. Um, you know? Yeah, man. It's a fucking war. Sure, just fucking... Yeah, don't get invaded. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Where's to live by? Don't get invaded, America. All right, Mexico, you better fuck. <laughs> you better fuck around and find out. You're, you're on notice, bitch. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I wouldn't mind making a 51st state out of Mexico. That'd be great. It's just we got no. 
No, yeah. that's a mistake. No, we're not giving them right to vote. Hell no. No, you don't want Hell that. No. Oh, well, then what are we doing? They're like a protectorate. They're like uh, <laughs> like like we you get like a viceroy of Mexico. Like, oh, like would you say you, know, you would absorb them? I assume you want them as states. No, I don't want to absorb them. I want to overthrow their corrupt government so that the people want to go back there and live there. And like we get to visit, we got you know warm relations. I want the fuck. I still want a wall. I still want a border. Like I'm not. No, fuck no. They. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to turn them into Americans. I just want them to not have such a shitty fucking oh, place a, downstairs. I don't know what they call There's states, I think they call it. Is there a state that you're particularly fond of that you would want to be the governor of down there? <laughs> or or uh, the warlord of? Like, where would warlord grandpa? Is it Sinaloa? I feel like that's a um, area. It's got the water still, right? Like, but also mountain. Yeah, bro. Like, I'm not like that. This is the geography is where it's always hard for me because like, I mean, if I was going to do it, man, I'd part of, like, Puerto Vallarta, like, probably. Like, oh, it's so beautiful, man. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, like, great beaches, like, fucking, I think I'd have trouble, I'd probably, like, I'd have trouble being sober in Mexico, I feel like. Like, it's too fucking nice, like, I would you know, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't call it sober, but, I mean, I feel like Mexico is, like, a lot of light beer or just tequila. Mm. And I don't like tequila, so it'd be easy for I me. I don't like tequila? Uh, no, tequila and I, we we were never making up. It's, I could drink, yeah, I could drink drink a lot of Pacifico back in the day. Yes, I love Pacifico. Every time I go to a Giants game, I Pacifico it out. Even in the Angels game, where I just went with my brother down in L. In uh, well, it's not really L. A. It's Anaheim. I don't know why they call themselves the Los Angeles Angels, but anyway, there's a big Pacifico perch. Hang out up there. I love Pacifico. That stuff's good. That's the stuff you take a thirty pack of and go float a river, or hang out in a yes. pool van. You don't take bourbon. You don't do that. Um, so I wanted to ask you this because I think, you know, we run in a, a similar circle and there's a lot of people within our circle who've done a lot of the things that I guess, I mean, I do. He wrote, we know some other writers. You have digital drop zone. So for those who don't know, digital drop zone.com. No, I, I bring Everybody that up. Everybody always brings this up. Well, there's stuff there, and I don't even. The only thing I'm not it up for why you think I'm not even bringing it up for why you think I'm bringing it up for the fact that because you are well read, like you do read a lot, you read some stuff that you, I think, is things that the average person would never even think about reading, right? Like you're not just like, oh, let me read a little, let me go check the New York Times bestseller list and I'll read the fucking top five, you know? Like that's my summer reading. Now you read some cool shit. I've bought some stuff based off some of your. I wouldn't even say recommendations, just stuff that you've said you've read, but have you ever considered writing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have a whole blog where for like a brief, for brief flashes, I will go in and put down words. Um, I'm not, I don't get writing like other people. I feel like get writing. Like it, <clears throat> I'll be on a good lick. I'll be feeling the muse. You know, I can crank out enough. And then I'll get stuck. Like I'll get stuck. I'll stay stuck. And then I'll be mad about it. And I'll say, I'm not going back to write again until I can conquer it. And so like, I actually, like the latest time I got stuck was when red and I went wolf hunting with Braxton. Oh, you went hunting. We, We went hunting. I came back and I found like, I got a good topic. I knew exactly what I wanted to write about. 
I had like thought it through and I've written about six iterations of that and it is dog shit every time. Like it sucks. Yeah, I can't get well, it out the way I want. Have you had anybody else look at it or are you just self-critiquing? No. No, I know. That's what you should. I mean, why not let fucking Braxton or fucking, why not? I'll fucking look at it. Why not let someone else look at it? Because you're always going to be your worst critic, man. Yeah, I mean, but I want to have it. If I'm going to have somebody read it, I'm not going to have them read Like, again, like, I just, I I get started. Yeah, but that's an unattainable standard. Like, you hear what you're saying, right? I don't know. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's just like, again, like, I wasn't able to get it all put together. So I'm still working on it. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't feel like my writing's good. I don't feel like I enjoy it. Like I like I like podcasts. Yeah. Um it's talking. It's easy. I wouldn't I wouldn't run a podcast, like no offense. Like I don't know. I feel like I'd I feel like I'd just neglect the shit out of that. Like I do the yeah. my fucking webpage. Dude, I did the show. I mean this was but shit. I do feel yeah, this was yeah. this thing. This was the shit I attended to go to school for when I played baseball. Like I I was all about fucking broadcasting. This is all I ever wanted yeah. to do. I just do it. I for like talking. Fun. Yeah, talk's fun. fun. Yeah, podcasts are fun, and yeah. so like um, seventy episodes in like probably three hundred and fifty hours. But you start transcribing that—that's multiple books, right? Yeah. But well, and I even did that, that with my writing. <laughs> like I even I even set up this thing where I have like dictation. I would go in. I don't know. I'm I working on it. I'm 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 I've got a I've got a comeback plan. Good. I'm not promising shit. I'm not telling anybody. Like one of the things that like really disappoints me about myself. Is I got through chapter one of the Ranger Handbook, which I is what I really originally fucking, wanted to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I, I'm gonna just point out again. I'm not a motherfucking Ranger. If anybody, if any Ranger wants to take over, start yeah. fucking writing that shit, I'll let them. You know what? But I like. Know, I, I don't think I've we, always liked it. I've always liked. I've, yeah, studied the shit out Rangers of it. Rangers on Twitter. Like we know a lot of like Green Berets and a lot of Green Beret imposters, but I've never seen someone who's like, "Yeah, I'm a fucking Ranger." I mean, I, I know Freedom have, Dean have, finished Rangers. I have any block, any any quietly and silently blocked me here recently. Um, <laughs> oh wait, yeah, there's that one me. guy. There's that one. There's guy. that one. Yeah, he blocked me. I don't know why. I don't. Um, follow him. He doesn't follow me. It's fine. I, but against, yeah. he, you know, I don't. It's nothing against him. I just feel like he's old. I'm talking about someone who's like probably yeah. in current age range because that but yeah like no one ever wants to be like yeah i'm a fucking ranger it's like everybody's a seal or a fucking green beret and it's like actually no you're not rangers so rangers too busy killing people yeah rangers too busy killing people for america like man i don't know i i that's the unit i've always like i mean i i don't know green beret is a cool guess like <laughs> to me i've always been like i've always been like the fucking rangers are what's up uh, I went to yeah, school and it was such an, and this is the thing like I talk about writing and that's why I bring it up because I've talked myself out of writing for the last 12 years. Um, but my drill sergeant school was the eight best, most funniest, most memorable. I can recount every day as if it was yesterday, still best weeks of my life. Really? And it was so fucking odd. Why? But we were paired up into squads which, you know, everything at that time was like all about small group instruction. So it was like 12 to 14 people per squad or whatever. It's like mm-hmm. 120 of us we started with. We graduated in 99. And it was like first and second squad were put in one building. And then third through seventh squad were put in the bigger building. And it was all alphabetical. And for whatever reason, in our first two squads, we were just like fucking Voltron. Like we just, all of us completely meshed it was all like A through E 
no mm-hmm. a through f because i remember foster was in there but like foster forbis ellis god what was it and there's this other dude i can't fucking remember but the four of them were rangers together at some point in their careers they had no idea they were all going to drill sergeant school at the same time like and these people knew each other like and we were all kind of like coalesced around these four fucking former ranger dudes who just happened to serve with each other at one point and all found themselves in drill sergeant school at the same time and it was like literally the best eight weeks of my life i had this dude alan who was a firefighter in the reserves before he came on active duty to go to drill sergeant school and he was a 9-11 first responder and he's got fucking pictures of with bush holding the fucking flag up like there's so many cool stories that came out of that experience like eight weeks like i said i got a story for everything they, those fucking four Rangers took their slings off because of this fucking drill sergeant leader who used to fuck with them. And they like waited for mount training and they assaulted this fucking objective. And he was the second story dude up there at the time. And they hung this fucking dude out the fucking window and dropped him out of it. Just as our fucking commandant Sergeant major shows up and he's like, Oh, what the fuck? Like as this dude's dropping out of the, fu- like, there's just so much cool fucking funny ass shit that only people in the military would kind of like see the humor in. But I also bring that up because there's too many things about the military that are either way too serious and they neglect the fact that a lot of this shit is kind of like what you talked about. Like there's some, there's a lot of fucking humor in this. Only war stories are good or funny. Yeah, but if you can't make somebody laugh during a war story, it's fake. (laughs) (laughs) It's fake. Yeah, I mean, and there's like, there's a, there's a really great, there's like a really great, uh, short story by tim o'brien that's called how to tell a true war story and and it's about a lot of that like it's like you know it's about like it's really a love story like a good war story doesn't even have to be true to be a good one like and sometimes the true war stories are not good yes yeah, like, sometimes oh, wow, like oh that sucks anything else no you're, you need to make them feel yeah you need to make them feel it like i mean i've got war stories that are just like fucked up you know like they're just fucked up and they're just crazy i mean bombs dropped on the wrong buildings and you know people making blood angels like on the ground and just you're just like jesus like but it if you were there you would find the humor in it. like you yeah. get it like you'd understand why that's a, like it's funny but it's telling the truth like you know the war is awful like i mean i don't think i don't think anybody who's in it would be like oh yeah it was fucking blast like all the time you know but there are times like i was having a hell of a lot of fun yeah like, and probably wasn't supposed to be yeah um yeah and yeah i think you know i talk to these guys now and it's like just like something missing you know like the war the war got too like kind of like real administrative like yeah. you got real like yeah i mean it's, it's it's like nfl football like it just there's got to be too many rules and you so, couldn't hit anybody i'm glad you brought that up because i had forgotten about it and it's not your fault it's my fault because this stuff gets in the way sometimes and <clears throat> usually i try and take notes throughout so i can remember to come back but let's go back to a point where i was like yeah that's great you guys did this awesome stuff everything was great your your section was or your area was safe but then you got replaced. So I wanted to ask you, what do you think about if we do something like this shit again? Mm-hmm. You didn't have that in World War II, right? You fought until it was time to come home when the fucking war was over. Do you think things would have went differently if like, hey, Benjamin, I, there is no nine-month deployment. There's no 12-month rotation. There's no 15-month rotation. We're sending you there until we come home. 
And that may be years, but do you think like, especially if you have the same people in charge over time and there's no constant turnover where everyone comes in with their own fucking good idea fairies, do you think if you had stability and command and control, mission command, whatever fucking thing they want to call it today, and the same continuity with dudes like yourself on the ground executing these missions, do you think you would have had a different and shorter outcome, not only in Iraq, but also Afghanistan? No. No, I mean, because, like, again, like, Japan was very ordered society. You know, wasn't Western, very ordered. Very, you know, they didn't really get, I mean, MacArthur was, like, the new emperor, right? Like, they kind of replaced it. Germany, you know, got pantsed. But even they were a very democratic, very civilized, very Western culture. They were totally amenable to what we were trying to push on them. You know, they were ready to get on with shit. Like, they had, they had been pretty thoroughly trounced. There ain't no turning Afghanistan into Nevada. You know what I mean? Like you're not you're not fucking yeah. making them believe in Jesus and drink Coca Cola and buy Nike. It's not gonna work. Um, and Iraq had a better chance. I think Iraq we could have pulled that one off. Honest, I true. I know that nobody likes this. I still think. I mean, Iraq is better off today. They they went through a tough one because we fucked up, but mostly they did. Right. Like they use they use the opportunity that we gave them to settle a bunch of old scores instead of get their shit together and move on. Like they they use that as an opportunity to say it's payback time. And we could have mitigated that better. Um, but I no, the long war, I mean, I'm I'm actually, if anything, totally against long wars. Like I think we we should do if we're gonna do anything, we do punitive campaigns. Like punitive campaigns where you just go in and kill the people who need killing and save the people who need saving and you get the fuck out. And let them put their houses back together as a reminder why not to fuck with us. Like I don't think we should we should nation build or any of that. Like even with Mexico. Liquidate that government and the narco <laughs> cartel, like the whole cartel apparatus, just liquidate it. And encourage the people that are good to be good and give them some opportunity and walk. Like, don't turn it into a long campaign where we have to stick around and stay and fix the problems and put their little girls through school and all that other shit. I mean, but... Not a problem. I see what you're saying because you're right. These societies and cultures are not amenable to Japan or fucking Eastern Europe. Well... Western Europe. But I just wonder if, like, you just sent the whole fucking army over. On a punitive campaign. Yeah, yeah. but, I mean, you can't... Oh, you're saying, like, occupy. Like, the whole 18th era. Yeah, like, why are we doing rotations where there's no continuity? Like, yeah, I know you do a left seat, right seat, but at the end of the day, once the right seat takes over, it fucking changes. Like, everyone does their own fucking thing, which is why I bring up that movie on Netflix with Brad Pitt. It's like, yeah, well, I'm here I am. Now it's my turn as a four star, and I got nine months to do my fucking thing, and that's not going to work either. And then, guess here comes the new one, and let's just all try again because. I talked about this shit before a million times about Afghanistan. Like I was there in 13 and 14 when it was Operation Drumbeat. That's what we transitioned to. Let's get all the fucking rolling stock out of the country because we're going home. But we didn't. We still didn't. It still took seven more fucking years before we failed on national TV and worldwide TV at that point, getting everybody out. Yeah, but I mean, again, it's like, you know, like that general's like the police commissioner of Baltimore. 
right? Like, <laughs> like, like, what the fuck are you going to do? Like, I mean, you're still police in Baltimore. Like, you, you can, you can, aren't you a Baltimore fan? You're a Baltimore fan, right? Yeah, yeah, right. No, I am. Right. But, okay. I mean, but I stick, I, but I stick to, but I stick to Fell's Point. Like, I stick to like the safe part of fucking Baltimore. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that place is, like, yeah, like the place is not safe. Like, and, you know, you can say you need more police or you need less police, you know. I don't know. It's still Where do you think that put us though? Like, you know, like I said, this, you know, I, I talk about a lot of this, like this, the state of the military concerns me, right? Mainly because I'm still in it, trying to get out. Still going to probably hang out in the reserves for a bit, but like the state of it, it, it does concern me. The state of a lot of things concerns me. But where do you think like this global live version that played out in Afghanistan? Where do you think where do you think we are in terms of standing on I don't think that was a military. I I, I mean this is again I you have a closer of view than I do, but at the same time, I still think our military take the Pepsi challenge against anybody else even even as card that was great yeah is is as fucked up as we are we're still better i mean only to yeah but what do you think where do you think we are on a like a a global scale right like because this is i think we pull the pants this is a long-term thing right i always talk about like this isn't like there's no the the game doesn't end we we just keep going it's constant overtime like we don't end we have to keep going yeah no matter what, and someone's gonna take. I don't still, know. America, man. I don't know. I I hear you. I hear you. I still think that like this country still makes some Braxton McCoys and some other people, some Clay Martins. Like these dudes are out there. And if it if it came down to it, they they I think we'd do all right. Like we just haven't had to. You know when when nine eleven kicked off. Like I mean, I heard all kinds of shit about millennials and about. Fucking got after it. I mean, got after it. Like, I mean, there are some shit bags, but I feel like we'd be all right. I mean, and seeing Russia, they got fucking same problems we do. You think? I mean, what Jesus, what do you? What do you? What do you make of that whole thing? Like, I think they're fucked up. It's hard to get a lot of accuracy, right? But and, and I mean, yeah, it's it bad up. all the way around. Yeah, like the first two weeks, I was pretty caught up, and I was like, oh shit, what if? What if Ukraine can actually hold up? And then I was like, wait a minute, I remember. Cause I was there the first year of Iraq, right? Like I couldn't yeah. go anywhere without seeing a fucking reporter. How come there's no fucking reporters embedded with all this shit? Like where is where's all the fucking investigative journalists, the combat journal? Like why do we just have to why, keep them safe. why do we get tweets that just say, oh yeah, thirty five thousand Russians died? Like who's verifying that shit? Because nobody. I, I mean, yeah, spent fucking ten years in Iraq and we didn't lose a fifth of that. So you're trying to tell me in three months in Ukraine they've lost thirty five thousand? They've got. I'm supposed to believe that? I mean, look, I don't know. I will agree with you that you you can ingest blue and yellow Kool Aid or red, white, <laughs> and blue Kool Aid. You know what I mean? Like it's bullshit both ways. But that will. I mean, Russia is. They're still gonna win. Like they're still gonna. Yeah. Win. They got. They, they have, have to win. Priority. They can't lose. Man, they got more money. They got more people. They got fucking whatever, better equipment. But like, they're paying for that shit. Like, they're paying. Like, they they want the east of Ukraine. Like, they're gonna have to fucking pay for it. You, Ukrainians like kind of. They were kind of ready for it. 
I don't know. I mean, look, I try, I've been trying to stay out of that shit because I made so many people mad. Like, I didn't even know. Like, people used to be like, right wing's full of, like, pro-Russian trolls. And I was like, fuck you. And then I was like, wait a minute. That's true. Because <laughs> I have these motherfuckers every day, like, just calling me a cuck and shit, telling me that, like, like I'm sucking Zelensky's dick all day. I'm like, bro, I don't even fucking care. Like, I'm just saying, like, I don't like fucking Russia's best friend. kind of think they suck, too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's all a fucking mess. But, like, yeah, I think our military, to go back to it, we got problems. We need to get our shit together. You get these kids outside. Like, probably need to let them focus on, like, you know, training and shooting the enemy and shit. But, I mean, we'd still fuck up any other military. I mean, nobody's doing shit. Huh? You're confident in that. I just don't, I don't know who we're, who we're talking you, about. Like, I know you know some people that are still like in the division, but still like the mm-hmm. army's not the division. That's a division. It's true. Sad. It's sad. I wish we could send everybody to fucking airborne school and make them proud about, to be in the, yeah, let's talk about this. the Without naming the institution or that the, the organization I'm leading, like I, 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 I've brought this up to every level. I've sat at every conversation with BCs. I'm like, please tell me the one organization in this army everyone wants to be a part of and then tell me the one that no one wants to be a part of and they all say the same shit but then tell me why and they all say the same shit so until you get everyone saying why they want to be in the 82nd and why they don't want to be in this specific you're never going to fix the issues that go on because it's no different than i think you may have talked about this on another instant or another podcast but like, look, SF, the 82nd, that's not reflective of all of it. Yes, the SF yeah. is great. Yes the, F- yes, the SF is super effective at what they do. There's not enough of them. And there's not enough of the 82nd. Like, you can't fucking defeat China with the 82nd. No, it's like, true. You, like you, there's not enough. And, and I'm not 100% sure why we've allowed this proliferation of just average or maybe even below average at this point from when the time i came in and maybe when you came in but that's real and i know you've only seen the sf pipeline in the 82nd but i've seen all the other shit man and i mean i've worked with some other units and like i was even in like a national guard unit for a little bit oh oh, you were well i i would never talk bad about the national guard because i've honestly all my experience with the guard has been pretty good yeah i mean my experience was not so good Um, but (laughs) Um, but at the same time, I mean, look, I mean, we're comparing, we're comparing our units against our units. Yeah. Like no other nation has got a military on par. They may even have the numbers, but they're not that good. Well, yeah, I know. You know? We saw that. Like we saw they don't. In yeah. Iraq. Like I remember going through basic training and getting like the broad 30,000 foot picture view of like the rest of the world's armies in the first two weeks. And it was like, oh my God, Iraq's got the fourth largest land force in the, in the world. Well, that took like three we, weeks, right? You know, I mean, it was. Well, I was gonna say, like, yeah, we pissed <laughs> in their face, like for like three straight weeks. Yeah, my, weeks. I mean, you know, yeah, my, you know, my, my turp, my favorite turp in Iraq was actually in the Republican Guard during Desert Storm. Oh wow, damn! And he fucking yeah. deserted. <laughs> like he fucking. Uh, I mean, I, look, dude, I see like, pictures somewhere on a hard on? drive of all these motherfuckers just deserting and running, like walking across the highways. Yeah, we don't want none of that shit. And that's what I'm saying is like we we got it. Like, yeah, we suck. We need to get better. But it's because we're we've got higher standards. 
you know, compare us to the Chinese, compare us to the fucking Russians, compare us to those, like, we're still going to beat their ass. We really would. I would like, just say, you know what, our propaganda sucks compared to theirs. Because I know you've yeah. seen... I know you've seen the fucking Chinese videos where they're they're marching through the fucking snow with their all. I've also seen the ones where they're like kicking flower pots off each other's heads and shit. Like, I, like, like, I don't fucking, fucking I, I don't care about that. Nobody doesn't look cool, bro. Bro, if you see, I mean, what like that? All those group videos, and even dude, even the fucking psyopers, dude, they got some badass shit. But they're like, so small. It's not like they're. That's all of them, and we're just showing. We're 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 highlighting our fucking all stars. That's a difference. Sure. I don't know, man. I, I mean, that's what I think. I here. That's a great. I'm glad I. <laughs> let me pat myself on the back. Our all stars are better than theirs, but their teams probably. Pro- no. The only thing I will still say that we have the superiority on, and this is, and I learned this on my last before I came out and did this shit because I was in a, a one star expeditionary command, which was all logistics. Our logistics. And our integration with civilian companies that help with that far outweighs everyone else, right? So I got it. And because- combined arms. And like just, I'm telling you, I still think we're doing all right. Maybe I just wrong. think, like, tell me this. All right, let me ask you this question. Because here's what I would just love to do. This is, that, this is the point in my life I'm at. Look, dude, I'm 41, right? Very big difference from being 21. As a 41-year-old, I just want to fucking hang out in this country. I want to enjoy the borders of the Pacific and Atlantic oceans. And I want to wait for someone dumb enough to come across our shores to just run into the people on the fucking coast and then try the Navy, try and survive the fucking mountains, try and serve. Like we don't need a military to defend this fucking country. Yeah. But we need it for the empire. Uh, yeah. fuck the empire. for the empire. It's making shit worse. Yeah. I, I like cheap tennis shoes. I disagree. Those shoes aren't that cheap, bro. Bro, when's the last time you bought shoes? Three weeks ago. All my shoes are like 130 bucks and up, and I get a discount. Yeah. What the fuck? I'm just telling you. I don't know. I just I I I like ins- I like being insulated, man. I don't like fucking trying to have to deal with the world police thing. I just I'm tired of it. I, no, I'm with you. I don't think we should police the world. I think we should threaten the fuck out of the world. Hey, that's <laughs> like, yeah, I think, yeah, keep a gun to their... Yeah, I'm not saying that we should... Why can't we get Mexico to produce our shit instead of fucking China? It'd be cheaper. I hate China. I, I mean, really they do. are producing. They are producing our shit. They're making, you know, fentanyl. Making my, they're making about the, 37% the of my fentanyl. truck. I know that from my Silverado. I know that shit. Yeah, lava, lavadita. <laughs> no, you know what? I really, like, the more I think about it, like, I do love Mexico. And, and plus I live in Napa, right? So Napa doesn't exist without fucking most of these people. Shit runs on Mexico. Napa's a great city, I think, that reflects America on a micro level because there's a lot of money here, but it doesn't, it doesn't, it, it doesn't exist without labor. And the labor comes from one very specific location. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of where we're at. Seems like it. I had one other thing to ask you. All right. Last thing. <laughs> I mean, if I can open my phone, we're at that point where I don't really have motor control. So if you were drinking oh, a yeah. sober carpenter, non-alcoholic craft brew. Yeah, where are you at right now? What's that one? That's like the third one I've seen. What is that one? Sober. Yeah. Sober carpenter. It's called sober carpenter. 
Sober Carpenter. Who makes it's that? A pint, it's a pint. I mean, it is Sober Carpenters who makes it, and it's a non-alcoholic craft brew IPA. I like it. It's like an IPA. Dude, I love IPA. Really? I've, I, mean, I, I didn't until I moved to California, and this is where they're all. And you know why I liked, I, I started loving them is I went and took a tour of the Sierra Nevada up in Chico. Mm-hmm. I've like, been there as well. It's amazing. Like, they, you know, they, they let you the feel the beer garden and hops. shit. Yeah, they let you feel the hops. Mm-hmm. You get to go out to the restaurant. You get great food yeah. out there. Awesome. Food is fucking legit. I love you. I did go to, yeah, I went to Sierra Nevada, North Carolina, too. The one at, what's it, when, is it Windsor? Is it, no, Wilmington? I haven't been to that one, actually. Wilmington? Yeah. It, it's actually really been. cool because it's, it's on a bigger scale. Let's put it that way. Like the one in Chico is like they've been building since the original. So they just keep kind of keep expanding. This one is like, yeah, we need to make all of our product to export to the European market. Right. So it's a huge, they also have the restaurant there. So it's really cool. Uh, Actually all of women, like all those breweries are awesome. Like fat tire. They have a really cool, Mm -hmm. great bar. I got hammered there while I was pouring rain. I couldn't get out to my parents in the car. I was like, I'll be out when it slows down. And I had like three more sours. <laughs> it, was, it was literally pouring. I was like, it's not safe for me to come out there. Let me just keep drinking. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> all right. So I, I can't let you get out of here without it. Cause it's been a week, a big week. And I thought about this when I was, you know, you and I were texting earlier and I was like, Hey man, whenever you can come on, it's great. And you're like, that's eh, kind of like a long way off. And we really wasn't, but it made me think about a lot happens in a short period of time, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I messaged you about this probably a week ago, and a lot has fucking happened in a week. Lots happened, yeah. <laughs> right? So it's been a big what, week. Yeah, who knows what could happen in the next week? So let's talk about what happened in the last week. So we had that decision from the Supreme Court about the New York mm-hmm. carry law, and then we had the Roe v. Wade thing. So just. What, what what's your take on all that especially going all the way back into how we feel about politics and and how we feel about libertarianism or, or just rights in general just what's yeah. your, what's your take on all of that and how you feel about it okay let's see how many people i can make angry the <laughs> it's your turn um yeah right like so the the decision about the concealed carry i'm really happy about there was only I went through the Thomas um, decision, like what he put out. And um, there's only one thing I didn't like, which he sort of acknowledged what they call like sensitive areas, mm-hmm. like places you can't carry a gun, government buildings, schools. I don't really recognize or acknowledge that. I think that's kind of a shitty idea. And he, he kind of said, like, he basically said in there, like, we can all agree there are sensitive areas that we don't carry guns in. I was like, dickhead. Like, there was no reason to do that. Yeah. Like, he could have avoided that. Um, but the rest of it's what great. I mean, huh? Which, which justice said that? Thomas. Oh, it was Thomas. Okay, okay, go ahead. Gotcha. Keep going. Yeah, because he, he wrote the decision. He wrote the majority. Um, gotcha. yeah. yeah, and so he... Um, yeah, and that was in there. It wasn't it? That wasn't at Hazard. That wasn't in. There was no reason to have that. But other than that, I mean, it was great. He's setting up a whole lot of other shit too that I think is coming down. Like, you know. But I do believe that people have a right. Well, first off, I'm happy about Heller and having the. You know, it's an individual right. That whole argument about it being a part of the militia is bullshit. Like, it's an individual right to own a firearm. I was pleased there. But this took it further and said that you don't have a right just to own. Yeah, right. Like you don't have just to keep. 
Yep. It's keep and bear, which means carry. And they finally like, they finally nailed that. And they say, you know, in states like California and New York, which are May issue, which is bullshit. Like May issue is just you another. Know, means- you know what I have to do to, to get a concealed carry out here in California? I have to. Yeah, you have to be rich and white. Here. No, I have to prove my well, life here as well. And no, I'm not. You don't. No, you but have to part down, but I'm not rich. <laughs> but this is. But that's the. But that's the point I'm making is is you don't actually have to prove that your life's in danger. What you have to do is grease the right palms, do the right favors, be the right guy because. Yeah, the standard says you have to prove that your life's in danger. But look at who have like who gets these things? Yeah. Celebrities, brother-in-laws. Just published the fucking know, accidentally of who's got a concealed carry out here. Yeah, I know. But that's but that that's like a whole thing. It's like, yeah, it's it should be there should be a, a standard. If you meet the criteria, you get a fucking license. It shouldn't be up to some asshole who gets to decide. It should just be this is the standard, you meet the standard, you get it. And so I was happy with that. But yeah, I think there's a lot of other shit that he set up in there that it looks like he's going after. Um, well, it looks like, it, in my opinion, he was preempting all the shit that's trying to get pushed through the Congress and the Senate right now. I think, yeah. Yeah, the red flag stuff, like he did, he um, looked at like the, what is it, the treatise of Northampton or whatever. Like he pretty much destroyed a lot of that shit I was happy about. Um a lot of prior restraint stuff, which is like kind of red flag law. So like, I, I, I'm down with that. Um, you know, and then the abortion, like that is an issue that pushed me to the right. Like, really? I was pro, yeah, I was pro choice for most of my life. Same. And it was, I, I really was like, I don't, it's not my problem. It's not my thing. I would never do it, but yep. you know, I don't, I don't Same think way. it's my business. But like that was because like I was like you know it's it's safe and rare and they would never just do it just because it's I just saw too many like abortion cakes and celebrations and fucking people telling me that you know it was I mean, good. It would have been, been left alone, right, if it wasn't for the the abortion on demand crowd going after the fucking Mrs. Like I spent all of the weekend reading that fucking two hundred thirteen pages. I read the whole thing. Yeah. It wouldn't, yeah. we would not be in here in this position right now in this country if the abortion on demand crowd, which means abortion at any time, didn't mm-hmm. go after Mississippi's 15 week law, which yeah. throughout the rest of this, the world that they like to cite is all between about 14 and 16 weeks is when they're, everyone's okay with an abortion, right? That wasn't good enough. They mm-hmm. specifically went after the 15 week mark in Mississippi. And that was where the, that was the whole origin of the Dobbs thing. And that's where we're at now. And yeah, it was the numbers. I mean, it was the numbers. Like, cause I didn't, I, when I was pro choice, I didn't look into it, you know? And then when I, when people started confronting me with like how many fetuses were aborted, you know, like how many children were killed, I was like, fuck. And then again, like the percentage and for what cause. You know, when because you think like, yeah, I mean, it's just for, you know, women who are like, for medical emergency and for yeah. rape and incest, and then you find out that which I don't less think than- anyone would argue against, and I don't think there's actually a law that does argue against sure. that, right? There are there are laws actually that have not made provisions of except like of exception for those items, which I think is take place now that 
the individual states have to lobby for that, right? I don't, I don't think so. Like, I can tell you, like, you know, I'm from Texas, and to my knowledge, well, I mean, you're about to have work, bro. Like, come on, Texas is lost. I mean, that's not in that lost, case, dude. I, 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 I will, I will. I'm not moving it. back there. I mean, I'm not going to sit here no, on the front. I'm just saying, their abortion, their abortion. Texas their abortion law, yeah, but their abortion law is pretty based. Like it is pretty it is exceptionally fuck you to abortion. I saw Tennessee's. Um, there, I don't know if you tell me if ten, Texas is worth. I just read this about Tennessee. Like Tennessee, six weeks, dude. In Texas, you can sue them in civil court for performing it. Like, oh, yeah, it's legit, and there's no exceptions in there. Again, made for fucking anything. So yeah, it's the, the some of these state laws are pretty like you know I I don't like abortion period I don't know I mean uh, if it was up to me I, like, I, I think I, I always talk about so like I dealt with this right my daughter mm-hmm. I have a daughter she's sixteen now yeah. about to be seventeen and good looking kid too yeah and to, thank you <laughs> doesn't look like me which is good yeah mm-hmm. anyway so anyway. And no, like this was early 2005 um, when I found out like her mom and I literally had that. That was a legit conversation because we were we yeah. knew we were not going to be together long term. Like we were already on the outs. Right. So we knew we weren't in a position to be like a married couple. Um, financially, at 25 years old, I wasn't in the best position. Right. Neither was she. Uh and yeah, I, I literally remember calling my mom when I was at work on a break, like telling her that we were pregnant and like, dude, I fucking broke down because I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. Like it wasn't a happy yeah. moment. You know, it wasn't happy. Right. And yeah, I mean, we were together for a few months after she was born, but we did, we, we couldn't, there was no way we ever considered like consequences, right? Like, you know, it's just like, yeah. you know what? we're going to make the best of this. I know we probably aren't going to be together. I knew that in my mind. I was like, we're probably not going to be together long-term, but I'm, I would never live with myself making that decision. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I live, it, my daughter's fucking awesome. <laughs> right? Like, she, And it, it hasn't kept me from doing one fucking thing in my life. It hasn't kept me from yeah. doing something. Maybe one thing, you know, it's kind of along with what you went through like i remember being 27 years old before i went to drill sergeant school i was like let me go do this sf shit and i was going through some shit with her and i was like you know what i'm not gonna have that be used against me as always trying to do the best thing for my military career so i'll just be a dad and i was cool with that and i don't regret not going that pathway shouldn't regret it no i don't because it was the right decision in the moment but it's also the best decision long term and now my daughter is on a road trip with my parents through fucking montana right now and she'll be nice. here in a few days. And like, that's, that's what I live for. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sorry. I a hundred percent understand. And I, I, you can tell me all the, 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 the cases and the situations that you want, but you're not going to sway me. When the, yeah. I mean, when the judge was conceived, the ju- I love that you, <laughs> when, <laughs> there's yeah. gotta be a so when he was, that too. There is, there is, I'm not going to share it though, but okay, like when perfect. he was, but when he was conceived, I was two years from graduating. Um, I was working at a hardware store, um, going to school full time on GI bills, broke as fuck. Like had no money. Yep. Like his mother, his mother was working. We were living together. 
kind of the same situation and we were trying to make it work. Um, and we stayed together like for quite a long time for his sake. And then when we split, we split amicably. We did so here with her support network. She lives very close to me. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talk to his teachers, they're surprised that we're not together because we co-parent so well. I have exactly 50% custody. It's the best yeah. thing that ever happened to me. Yes. I couldn't imagine not doing it. And so like, you know, when I hear people talk about like, oh, I couldn't afford it. And I'm like, you'd be broke and it would suck. Yeah. But it's worth it. That's and like you, you never, yeah, you never know who you're raising. You might raise somebody that changes the world. And that's the best gift that you could give anything. Like, you know, I'm probably not going to cure cancer anytime soon. What if my son does? Like, you know, like what if, what if something happens? Like you got to think about like this stuff and I, you know, I get it. Like it's a tough burden. Parenting is hard. I don't think that it's easy. Um, but like, yeah, with the, the abortion thing again, like I think, I think if it just hadn't been at the scale that they did it and if it hadn't been on for the reasons that yeah, they right. used, you're absolutely right. Like if, if it, if it would have been just relegated to like these edge cases, these emergencies, these like terrible things that happen to women, if they would have kept it there, it would have stayed there. Yeah. But instead, again, like it was, you know, Comedy Central salute to abortion. And I'm like, yeah. you know what? Y'all fucking lost me. Like, I'm out. Like, it's over. Yeah. And so, yeah, when that got struck down, I was happy. Um, and yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I mean, that's my thing, though. Like, I love from this the time I really got into politics because, I mean, my 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 bachelor's degree was in political science. Like I really fell in love with the idea of like fucking foreign policy and all that shit because of Iraq. And then I eventually like, we already talked about this shit earlier, but that's the only reason, right? But I love the idea of federalism. I do. Mm -hmm. Like, I think we have 50 fucking, why do they all need to be the fucking same? And there's an old adage, like people vote with their feet. Well, now more than ever, if you want to vote with your feet, do it. Go move to the state. And that's why I can't stand like these governors coming out like we're going to make this. We need you to know that we support you. Great. You don't need to make that known. Like that's your power as a fucking governor. You don't have to broadcast it. Like Newsom out here in California is like making all these fucking proclamations and shit. It's like, bro, you've been empowered. Why do you have to act like you're not? Like they've, they've made you more of what you want to be like the fucking over. Now you get to be the Mecca. Yeah. Like, be it like, be it be right, it bro it. like you are as a state governor you are supposed to be empowered to run and oversee that state and the federal government just said like look we just we 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 cede this power to you to do whatever the fuck you want to do and then mm-hmm. i get it it's not the governor it's supposed to be the voters who eventually i mean he signs a bill like that's how it works he's yeah. still right. if, like, if the I people of that state support it then they, you know, they I, should I be able to pass a bill and sign it like yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, the only difference, and I'm sure that there's like somebody maybe that listens to this that's like a liberal. I don't know if you brought them all off or not, but let's assume oh. there is. And I'm sure they're like, how do you support states' rights for abortion, but you don't support states' rights in the licensure and carry of firearms? And I'll say there is an enumerated, protected natural rights, the second fucking one we thought of. Like the dudes were sitting around making a bill of rights after they drafted the constitution. Like, you know, they had plenty of time afterwards to think about it too. Constitution's drafted. They got a fucking bill of rights. They're like fucking 
you know, hey, uh, what, what are we thinking of here? And the first dude's like, I want to be able to say what the fuck I want. I want to be able to go to church if I want. I want to be able to hang out with my homies if I want. I want like, I want that kind of shit. And they're like, all right, that's the first one. Let's write that down. <laughs> ne- next, next. Like the Northerners are like, I want an individual right to carry a fucking gun to be able to shoot the fucking king. And I'm like, cool. And the Southern guy's like, hey, man, I got these people that I'm kind of trying to oppress. I want a gun too. And they're like, all right, cool. We'll compromise. We'll make this thing. Well, I mean, we'll draft this like really fucked up statement but it'll cover both of y'all got you and that's what we ended up with we ended up with a shittily like terrible written second amendment but it is an amendment that says you can keep bear arms shall not be infringed like and you know what the great know. part about that shitty fucking written thing is is like you have a process to amend it and no one wants to do it can't do it just do it 40 46 states have a protected second amendment in their state no, not even that like, i'm just talking about oh yeah. fine if you really feel that strong oh, they won't go ahead fucking bro go get but they can't states. let's go do they, it go get them they can't Actually, three-fourths they right? can't three-fourths go get it go do it they have to yeah they have to get three-fourths and then they have to get it ratified yeah. by a number of state legislatures which why, is where why, it, why bother right let's just fucking fundraise and, and keep each other at arms or not at arms right. but let's not do that let's keep each other at fucking whatever conflict with each other instead of actually right because yeah because yeah it funds campaigns but that's the that's the whole point it's like it, it's not going away nope you know there's 400 million firearms in circulation there's 40 or something like yeah 40 million of those 400 are ar-15s or assault rifles like the shit's sticking around you ain't doing a fucking thing about it what's up like, love it pass all laws you want like yeah i love it and well, that's why I said, like, it doesn't matter what Congress and the Senate are doing right now, because Thomas just came out and was like, it's all unconstitutional, bro. It's, wow. it's a cool story. And then go last. Wow. Yeah. And that's what I meant, because like, well, whatever. Anyway, I wanted to end on that. And, and I feel like you left us with uh, a good thing to, to talk over, because it's not just like a blanket statement about I support this. It's, it's actually supported with individual experience, mine and yours. Like we went through, we, we experienced this. Like we're not just dudes who didn't have children or never been in that position. We're just like, yeah, fucking pro, mm-hmm. pro-life. What's up? Don't know. It's pro-life and only. No, like we, we had to combat that actual decision and actually think it through and realize that, hey, we're, our life's probably going to suck for a while. But we're going to make the best of it and we're going to make the best of it for our kids. And, and that's what I'm cool with. And you know what? To, to bring it full circle, everything that we, we talked about with that, there's not a single doctor in this country who would actually say no to all those things that people point to when it comes to the extreme in those instances and situations. It's still going to take care. It's still going to happen. It's still going to happen. So... Dragon. There we go. That's the Grunpa. So you can find him on Twitter at the, uh, just put in Grunpa. His full name on Twitter is motherfucking Grunpa. Like, I don't know how he does. I still don't know how you do that with the text. I don't know. I don't even want to know. It's just it trade secrets. Cool. Yeah, it looks cool. I've seen some other people do it, but I don't want to know. I just think it looks cool. Um, his actual name is the votary. And then you can figure out how to spell that because there's numbers in there. Uh, and he has the website, digitaldropzone.com. Uh, and hopefully he stops being so like lazy of himself and he actually does write some stuff because he's a very, he's a very learned man and he's worded and he can write and talk. So hopefully he does that. What's this is that he's holding up? What do you got there? Oh, no, I was just closing up. I'd take notes sometimes, but my notes. But you, you took notes tonight? No, I had it just in case I was. But... 
Anyway, I'm a dork. We, we don't have to talk about this at the end. You were on a good run. Close no, it down. You just did two hours and 40 minutes and you had a notebook. I'm curious. What's I, in the notebook? There's not. I mean, that's the thing. Is I had it and it's, I didn't use it. Like, well, that's, and that's it's not awesome. even, yeah. I mean, anyway. okay. Dude, I broke, I broke up your like good closeout. Like, you had a good closeout going and I distracted yeah. you with something shiny. <laughs> All right. So there you go. The grandpa. Follow him. He's good people. All right. Let's Thanks hit so this right. button. Oh my God. I always fuck this up. Uh, is it this button? Let's try this. 